You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello there. My there requires a lot of work. That's my Mrs. Doubtfire. It's only been a decade since I've seen the movie, and I think that's probably uh, spot on accurate. Uh, hello, everyone. I have the hello there. I have the uh, honor and privilege of uh, introducing this next track, this uh, debut, if you will, uh, from friend of the podcast Pummel. Uh, many of you are fans already. I expect uh, everyone who is not to be such after this uh, listen. Uh, <clears throat> Sunday Drive Records is putting out the single Headcase uh, in a couple days, and uh, we got the uh, we got the inside track. We get to uh, you, we, this. The, this is the first time you're going to be hearing it anywhere. So. Uh, thank you very much to Pummel and to Sunday Drive for uh, letting us be the ones to share it with you. Song is called Headcase. Sound good. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the Hard Hit Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. 
<laughs> working on working on your uh, being reserved, not always uh, projecting. You know, I mean, this is what they call. Yeah, and the last time, yeah, I mean, the last time we did a nighttime recording, I got yelled at by a neighbor. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, right. That's. But right. I don't know who. I've turned my TV down, so I don't know if I've made them happy. But they have yet to be back. Okay, so you're mm. you're out of there soon, right? Well, now I'm not. Oh no! Shit! Okay. Right. You want to go into it? I don't uh, know long story. Okay. I, we can long have, story. We could germane to this the topic of this uh, episode. Ooh, yes. We could probably discuss it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's let's put a pin and discuss that as soon as we get out of this sponsor break. Oh. Closed casket activities. <laughs> That's uh, good. Uh, Give me a noise. Give me a noise. Run for cover records. <laughs> Death wish ink. <gasps> to live a lie. I, 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 I. And today we are talking about closed casket activities and run for cover. Let's start with uh, let's start with run for cover um, because I encourage, implore, and uh, straight up recommend advise, if you will, everyone to direct your browsers to runforcoverrecords.com. And, you know, we we do about 15 to 37 seconds of pre-pro when we talk about our ad reads. Usually it's something that just comes out real easy. Sometimes we'll be hip to something by one of our, our friends here. With this one, I was like, you know what? Run for Cover just does a really good job of consistently putting out new music. That might sound like a, well, yeah, water's wet and there's sand on the beach. But I think there's something really cool about that. Uh, In the same way, we take it pretty serious about trying to make sure we do an episode every week, make sure everything's there. It is really cool that Run for Cover consistently puts out new music and even more so that there's a pretty interesting range of music in that. Now, what does that mean for the average listener, especially the average Axe to Grind listener? I don't know if the average Axe to Grind listener is going to like every single Run for Cover record. You might like 75%. You might like 50%. You might like 10%. However, you will find something at least once, twice. Yeah, you're going to find something you like. And a lot of times, oftentimes, I've found the stuff I like that Run for Cover's done really sticks to my bones and it's something that like, sticks with me for some time. And even more so in the hardcore, hardcore adjacent space, they're always putting out stuff that's a little on the periphery. Is, is that track for both of you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, <clears throat> I'm spending this week listening to uh, blast and burnt by the sun. And I can assure you that uh, if I open, the run for, <laughs> if I open the run for cover site right now, I guarantee there's something I like. So to any of our listeners that are like uh, hardcore for the hardcore, you know, you, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're going to like something. And that's the part. <laughs> You'll like it, what you hear. We guarantee they, it. They, 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 yeah, they, oh, I like that. It's like, uh, yeah. that's our, our hashtag. Uh, what's that from? Um, you're going to like how you look. I guarantee. Oh, men's warehouse. Men's yeah. warehouse. Men's warehouse. Yes. <laughs> God, we, we need some men's warehouse loot. Come on, advertisers. Um, yeah, that, that was our soft pitch for a new, for a new. Yeah, we're kind of, you know, to, it's that or Lowe's or Home pants. Depot. Come on. Yo, I wasn't um, against Lowe's. When we got offered Lowe's, I was like, yeah, sounds good. No, I, I, I think, I wonder if we can still throw our hat in the ring. We'll, we'll work on that. It's literally a um, thing I use, so I'm not mad at the thing I use. I'll be like, yeah. Same. I get it. I'm with it. Um, Is that a thing? 
Yeah, yeah. I'll explain it more. They are looking for a uh, more of like a full-on pitch person across multi-channel. So um, behind the curtain, what? everybody. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Runforcoverrecords.com. <laughs> Go there. Check out something you like. Pick up a hammer. Get your Run For Cover Records on. There you go. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Or if you're in Guys, Australia. Guys, the drivers that have the Phillips head and this flathead. Oh, Tom, now, see, now mm. Tom, is, Tom is looking for the job. Uh, here's, yeah, here's I mean, I'm ready for it. My dad was a carpenter. In, like, uh, not like in like Jesus, like my actual dad. If I was a carpenter. In Australia, they've got bunnies. You were late. Bunny, yeah, bunny, shout out bunnies. Bun, we, bunnies we're open to. Uh, Lowe's. Bunnies is the Home Depot. We're open to international uh, home hardware places for sure. So get at us. Close casket activities, close casket activities.com. Tom, they got some new stuff cooking. Yes. As of uh, Monday, May 30th, the mid at midnight, they are releasing um, a new project by a buddy of ours, Taylor young. It's mm. uh, a band called Zeus. The record is mm. called No Ground to Give. It's Taylor Young. It's his one-man death metal group featuring a bunch of guest appearances. Mm. No pre-orders. They have the records in hand, so you order them, and you will get them that week. Hot so you love to, that. Yeah. Yeah. No more. Yeah. I get pre-sales because so, sometimes you have to have pre-orders. But, like, to have them in hand and you, like, order a record and then, like, get it, like, a week later, like, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, With it. Yeah. That's a style of music that I'm not drawn to at all, but uh, Taylor is uh, one of the quiet, quiet geniuses of our scene. So I'm I'm open. Yeah, I listened to some of it when Justin Justin literally sent it over five minutes before we started. So I listened to his song; it was really good. All right, mm, love it. A lot of so rest. Check that out. A lot of rest. And there was one other new project. Um, I believe it is a project called Eternity Maze. Um, this one is on the uh, kind of uh, power violence, hardcore side of things, featuring the singer of Full of Hell. So that should be going up Thursday, June 2nd. By the time you hear this, it's up. If you can sneak in and get a copy, please do so. Anything Full of Hell related, one, usually is of some quality and merit, and two, has a rabid fan base who buy them all up. So... Direct your browsers to closed cascade closed ca- activities. Closed cascade activities. Dot com. Com. You guys were good. You were like synced up, maybe in post production, <laughs> Patrick King line, but it was perfect. Uh, let our good friend Justin uh, know that we sent you. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Mm, I've heard the new Top Gun is good. That's all I have to share with anybody. <laughs> I don't, uh, other than that, I just woke up. Uh, I'm drinking a, ju- a healthy juice that was left to me by my partner. I'm f- I'm feeling all right. Mm-hmm. Tom, how are you feeling? And then I want to get back into your housing situation to the extent that you wish um, to share. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, I'm I'm okay. It's nighttime. I overslept. We were supposed to do this 12 hours ago, and I overslept and missed the whole fucking thing. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I'm all right. All right, good. And now you are. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling. Long day. About to solo dad for three days. I appreciate you guys jumping in to do. This is a rare, guys. We're doing the uh, double header, essentially. We recorded yesterday and we're recording today. Mm. That's, um, you know, we're kind of just getting it in. Um, Tom, you are staying a Queens resident. Is this correct? For now, that is correct. 
Okay, you're feeling good about it. Where are we at? And out of one thousand, no. how do you feel about it? Out of a thousand? Out of a thousand. Um, I feel like it lets you pinpoint it a little better, you know? Maybe like five oh maybe five fifty. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Yeah. It, it, you know, I was like, okay. I'm ready to roll. So the pro all right, so I live in a in a co-op building mm -hmm. that my friend owns the apartment. Yes. So she lives in Austin, has lived in Austin for like ten years. Um, and yeah, one, one day I was living in the shore and the commute was killing me. Yeah. She called me to cry about a boyfriend and she, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of looking to move back to New York. And she's like, you want my apartment? I was like, okay. So I pay like five, probably 400 bucks less than it probably would go for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty nice. And I get to live yeah. by myself, which is wonderful. Yes. Um, yes. and then she was like, I'm thinking about selling the place. And I was like, okay. Like, I get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, so, like, I went through all the stuff, like, th fucking donated, like, 10 bags of clothes. I'm, like, fucking losing my mind. Clearing house, right. Yeah, sure. Clearing house. She was getting ready, everything ready to go and all the stuff. And she's, like, um, like, the night before. So, she was having somebody to come check the place out. The night before, she's, like, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I'm going to wait. Mm. I was, like, okay. She's, like, there's too much stuff going on and everything. So, like, I'd rather just hold off. And I was, like, hmm. okay, cool. Okay. She's, like, well, you know, it's, like, what are your plans and stuff? And I was, like, well. I was plan I was looking to like I'm like I'm either moving to Astoria or or Seattle. <laughs> either across town or across the country. She's like what yeah, do you plan no, to do? No in between. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't just move to Seattle. Like I can move to Astoria and like have a job that I still have, but like I have yes. to find a job in Seattle before I go anywhere. Um so yeah, so I'm here for a little while longer, I guess. So if anyone has those uh, look, if Tom's moving to Seattle, here's what I want for him. 200K, non-negotiable, period, wow. end of story. Mm. One month leave, whether that's all PTO, just general, broads definition, or like two weeks vacation, two weeks sick time, bop, bop, whatever it is, one month. Right. Um, uh, I'd like him to have a, a nice place. Could be a condo, could be an apartment, but it better be nice. Um and yeah, like like in a, an area where he can go down because he's a New Yorker, he he likes he likes things to be close enough and to be able to go out his front door and you know have a nice little neighborhood around him. So yeah, so those like, are the demands. Get a drink. Yes, correct. Those are the demands. We uh, we will negotiate somewhat, but just that's the starting point. You know what I mean? Like so so yeah, uh, send, send offers can, in. Can, yes, you know I have some friends. Our friends of Casey's are looking after me out there. Um, mm. That are looking, um, and also, and the the wonderful thing about hardcore and punk and stuff, like we, we were talking about it, like people do grow up mm, and become true. like like members of society, and like true. you meet them and they're like, oh, you still like Jawbreaker, but you're like a licensed social worker or whatever, yeah, yeah, and that kind of works out. So I have a, uh, I'm lucky to have a bunch of folks out there um, keep an eye out for me. So um, I love to hear that. We'll see. I'm in Queens for now. But I'm a Brooklyn boy at heart, so this you know. you know. You know what though? You can you can spread the Brooklyn love to wherever you feel good, and nobody will ever. I don't think you can ever totally get that out of your your blood. So no, I've lived there too long. Yeah. For better, you know what I mean. That's a good thing, guys. Jermaine to this conversation. We're talking about big things. Patrick has relocated. Yo, do you know how many miles Perth is from from you know five one eight? Uh, I I always said like eight thousand, but the, God's country. It, I think it's way more than that. No, is it? it might be eight thousand is probably to Hawaii, buddy. 
Perth, Australia. Yeah. To Perth, Australia to uh, uh, Bethlehem, New York. The, the hub. You get in Albany. How's that? <laughs> Albany. There's an Albany. In, all right, yeah. yeah, there's an Albany. There's a what does Albany. WA mean? Is that Western Australia? That's right. Western Australia. Yeah. Right, it just says can't find a way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> I couldn't. For oh, it's cool. Flying from Perth to Albany, one day, five hours, upwards of $3,500. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Also, yeah, I just fl- I just got my ticket to uh, uh, the festival in uh, in the UK uh, outbreak. Uh, yep, just got my and uh, paid far less than that, but uh, it comes with hella inconvenience. There's a lot of hassle here. All right, so uh, let's guess for for the the best part of this podcast: geography and guessing games based on the internet. What is the distance from Perth to Albany, Patrick? What was your official guess? I'm going to say nine. Okay, Tom. Um, fuck. Yeah, I'll say eleven thousand. Eighteen thousand five hundred forty-three kilometers. So that is eleven thousand five hundred twenty-seven miles. Okay. Wow. Pretty far. That's a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, in the spirit of that, big life things. I put out a call. To our people on Instagram, if you don't follow us, Axe to Grind Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, I think it's Axe to Grindcast uh, for some reason. Uh, but because we couldn't fit it. That's true. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, ask people, we're, we're doing an advice show today, the advice episode. Mm. Uh, just some conversations. You know, did people need anything on their love life, life in general? Band how tos, mosh tips, okay, a little bit of everything. We got a full grab bag, all the things that are really relative and germane to the extra grind listenership. I, I uh, are you got? I worry yeah. about our qualifications. Well, I was thinking about them like so. There's Doctor Drew, but it was Doctor Drew and like Adam Carolla. I might not feel as qualified as Doctor Drew, You're but I definitely feel more qualified than Adam Carolla. <laughs> That's yeah, a fact. right. And um. Who's the uh, frequent uh, reference uh, night radio with uh, love songs with uh, what's her face? Come on. You know, know this. I do not know this. Oh, no you idea. will when I say it. It's, um, it's a radio host. They play like soft jazz and rock. Like it's the radio show that's like oh, a nationally yes. syndicated. Yes. I have no idea what it's called, but yes, I, I am familiar. with. I need to find. Um, I'm on that Art Bell shit. We're going to talk about aliens. Okay, good. I'm with it. Um, it's um, God damn it. I don't. I gotta. I gotta remember it. Female radio psychologist. It's not Jubilee. It's not. There's Doctor Laura. That's not who it is. It's like Delilah. Is that it? Could not tell. You. Love songs hey with there, Delilah. Delilah. It's not, not my it not like my scene. Yes, it is. It's love songs with Delilah. So uh, everybody, Delilah Renee. Who the fuck? <laughs> She's been doing the show for a long time. First aired in Seattle, Tom. So you better get used to it. Has From Reedsport, Oregon. Has been divorced yeah, twice. Been, so I mean, I'm not trying to hear love stories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she probably. No, she if probably, you've never heard this person, you've definitely heard this. Her voice is like, it's almost fake radio level, like. Hi, and welcome to Love Songs with Delilah. And it's like soft. And she gives advice. And, um, yeah, we're all three of us are more qualified than Delilah Renee, who 
is uh you know for, for whatever so we we're, we're here to share and give some good advice are you guys ready to jump in yes hit us jesus she had oh my god she's buried what, three sons since 2012 holy fuck <sighs> damn all right are you, are you sure we have we... yeah all right all right all right let's move away oh, from man. the child deaths here wow all right and this is all anonymous, which I, I promised. Um, we have someone asking, being older, 35 plus, and doing the band thing in tandem with life responsibilities. What do we got for some advice, guys? Uh, I got some. I'll, I'll start here. Please. Don't put the cart in front of the <laughs> horse. Don't yeah no. Uh, don't put the cart in front of the horse. Uh, we talked about it on a recent Patreon episode. That's both sides of this. Don't don't give up your happiness, the things you love doing, for your life. But don't give up your life in the pursuit of the things you want to do in terms of a band. Um, you can balance them. Uh, and clear, clear communication with the people in your life, whether that's partners, whether that's your, your family at home, uh, children, partner, whatever, or like the people you work with. Like I, I might be assuming here that you have a family when you ask this question, you might just have a job and be like, damn, this band thing's picking up. Yo, have that conversation with your employer and be like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this thing. It's doing well. I want to take it and, and do it. You'd be surprised how many people I am. I'm perpetually surprised how many people I've talked to who've had employers who are like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, go ahead. You, you need a you need an extra week or two weeks of vacation time or you know time off. You got it. Go for it. So clear communication and uh, try to keep the balance. What say yeah, you? I, mean, I think that's a good problem to have. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if you're like, we have I, I, my my part time band is getting way too popular, like. If you get to that point, that's pretty sick. If you get to that but point, I think leave your children. For, for older folks, what do you say, Ben? If you get to that point, leave your children. That's it. Just quit everything and go out on the fucking road. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, for older people, like in newer bands, I think it's fucking tough. I think it's a very mm-hmm. young scene more than it's been in a very long time. Um, and I think we we talk about this a lot. I feel like. My experiences, past experiences as band people are, are so different than the, than the norm. That's true. Mm. You know what I mean? That like Pat has kind of hit his stride like probably 10 years later than most people. Mm-hmm. As is my nature. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no, no. It's my, I am but, the slowest to everything. And, but, but it's not a reflection on you. Like it's like drug charge hit. Like you started drug charge later on, all this sort of stuff. Like. So it's hard to be like, so what's it like to be over 35 and in a pop, you know, like, how do I start a band? Like, well, Pat's like, I can't say that. I haven't really been in a band over 35. Mm, I've mm. done my old, my, the bands of my friends over 35. Mm. And I think it's hard for like, for folks that have just moved here or have moved here in the last 10 years, whatever the story is, like, if you're not, and I don't know how to say this, like, put it there. It's hard to say. So, like, all right. So, if you're like an old person, older person, but you've been around a long time, that buys you some credit. Mm-hmm. I think if you're an older person 
who doesn't know everyone, mm. it's really hard to fucking crack to break in. Yeah, if you if and it's hard to done, do it without feeling too t- too like you're trying too hard. Yes, if mm. you've if you've only done local level stuff up to this point in your life or or regional stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it seems like everything came together in the right way on this band, and now you're in your mid thirties. Uh, that's incredibly rough because even if you sound great, you're going to look potentially, potentially you'll look a bit alienating to many people who would check you out. And the older people who would check you out, this is rough. And Tom's right. They don't know you, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, So it's like this, you see this a lot, the older bands with people that, that have names, at least stand a shot of people, you know, they'll watch you once. Yeah. They'll watch you once. They'll send you to Europe, mm-hmm. but they're, uh, even then it's a struggle. Uh, a struggle. If you've got no name for yourself, it's extra hard, but this is not meant to discourage anybody because no, no, no. Here's the big secret. Like if we look at drug church as a success in some way, uh, I I'll let you behind the curtain. It's not, I mean, you're better off working basically, basically any job yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's so, so like it's not like the and there's no glory if you had if you had a family of four so yourself a partner and two children the drug the drug church full-time income is not enough to keep the lights on the food on the table no maybe in southeast asia maybe but but the maybe but the the whole yeah. thing here is a drug church is weird because a drug church like you were never like a local band right no well, I, I would say I would say we were for a first couple year. years. Yeah, for a couple of years, we we did like. A, but you also had end of a year slash self defense. Yep. Like credit. Yeah, yeah, but it's well, the record. So the record comes out on no sleep right away. There's there's yes, some things. That's so, true. So 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 there's some there's some positives, and and I largely agree with you guys. I want to get back to the root, which is just balancing. And the question was less about the age, but more about the age and how to balance. Um, but I will say. There's a lot of younger bands. I think there always is. But I think we're seeing a lot of older and mid-age bands, too, um, who are doing success. And the trick is to not be an old band. Yeah, but Bob... You can be old... Well, I, w- I want to just give a couple examples here. The guys from Mind Force were largely in local acts. Mm. Mm-hmm. And their band they did prior to Mind Force, Living Laser, did a little bit, but was largely local and and regional and got a little bit of attention but not a ton but then mind force took off and they are rare i think we all acknowledge that and uh and have done well with it and so if you want to learn a lesson from them you know you think about how do you balance it how do you man that's a good question to, to actually ask those guys at some point maybe we'll have them on to talk about that but um but you know they don't put it out there nor rely they don't rely on their age as a fence post of their band, but they also don't run from it. They don't, they're not afraid or shy from it. They're just, we are who we are. And that's just such a cool thing. So go ahead. What were you going to say? PK? And, oh, Tom, uh, go ahead. No, that's fine. I was going to say that. Uh, so if we're going to use mind force as an example, I'm glad that you pulled from that one because <clears throat> when you say, uh, it's not about uh, when you say that there's older, there's bands who are getting older who are successful. I mean, 
you know, like what the turnstile guys got to be 30 now, right? 30, uh, a couple of them older. Yes. Yes. They're yes. older than that. Yes. Uh, yes. So here's the deal. It benefits them that they've been a band for 10 years. People have grown up with them. Again, this is really tough if you want to be, and, and I mean, Tom's seen this a trillion times, New York hardcore bands that are good, that are kind of just, they're, let me put this delicately, they're in an age demographic where they're always going to be offered just one type of show. You, you know what I mean? So it, sure. it, it, it's, yeah. uh, that's the thing that happens. And if you're happy with that, which I think on some level you should be because the joy of playing music is getting up and subjecting somebody to you, to the thing that you made. So, and then, but I understand that playing wax shows it can be draining as a grown man. I get that. But I think that on some level, you got to play for the people that like you and you got to be honest with yourself about who that might be. Uh, this is as depressing as the notion as this is. I think this is about managing expectations, honestly. Yeah. And always in a, in a, this isn't, you know, taking off Mm -hmm. as much as I would like. And at the same time, or if it is starting to take off, like you have to be very transparent and honest with your bandmates, with your, you know, partners, kids, whatever. Like I know mine for us, like they're very strict. Like they'll turn down shit. Mm-hmm. That like you'd go, you're turning that down, but it's like, hey, I can do two weeks. It's like almost like the fucking, you know, two months a week, you know, two weeks a mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. for six months, whatever, you know. Yeah, the reserves, uh, right? The reserves, like they literally pick and choose what they do, yep, and that's all they can do, and then that's it. Like, so there's no like, I think it's the best way to do it because there's no like, oh, come on, man, let's just do this third weekend. They're like, right. nah, it's two weekends, and that's it. Right. Yep. So, and then, so I there's, mean, there's no like, there's no hard feelings. There's no whatever. Yeah. It's like it is what it is. Everyone's on the same page, and there's no kind of like, oh well, you know, this guy really wants to play this show. Well, it's like we already booked this place and this place. We yeah. can't do it. And then yeah. that's it. And you move on. So, with it. And then your your partners know what to expect. Yeah. You know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think that that's you, you summarize it really well, Tom. So I think it's yeah. clear communication with the people in the band and around you. And, you know, in your life and managing expectations, right? You know, like, like, hey, look, just like anyone at any age doing a band, especially a hardcore band, maybe this is cool and people really get into it. Or maybe this is a fun thing we do for a little while and see how it goes. No, no fuss, no muss. I mean, I acknowledge the ceiling. That's just yeah. a, like if you go past the ceiling, it's fucking awesome. But acknowledge the ceiling. It, it, it's uh, I, I'm I've met quite a few young people in my life who have told me we're going full time, man. We're going to take a run at it, and I always go, "That's awesome." But in my heart, I go, "I've watched this before. This is like it takes a certain disposition." And uh, you, you know what's funny? You never went full time with self defense. I mean, drug church isn't even truly full time, quote unquote. No, you know, no, no, no. I, I would. It's funny you should say that. Drug church has toured more than ninety percent of bands in what we do, and I still wouldn't even consider us full time at all. So, so right. th- that's a that's an interesting perspective. But that's kind of like that middle ground that a lot of people find very frustrating because unless you have a job that allows for a lot of time off. Or you're just like a reprobate, like a, you know, like a no job sort of motherfucker. Uh, it's that's really taxing to to kind of have to balance those things. It's almost easier to be full time at low 
low money <laughs> than it is yeah. to uh, have to balance these things. Um, I think that the mind force example is an interesting one because the what they call mission creep or or, sc- or sc- what is it scope creep. Scope creep happens to every type of uh, endeavor, whether that's a business or whatever it might be. So uh, it is a fact that somebody's going to get get whiff of an offer. This band is going out. They love us. And unless you can provide a good reason to say no, you're going to fight with your bandmates. Like we, there was some sourness in Drug Church over uh, <laughs> our one member doing one weekend a year with his wife, they have a vacation that just happened to fall during and they booked it ready to go all agreed on. We get the offer that we've been looking for, for two years. And, (laughs) 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 and we had to say no, we had to say no to it. And, uh, but that's, that's kind of the scope creep of, uh, of, uh, unless you set real parameters. Uh, but listen, uh, this is a topic that I know an awful lot about, but I, on some level, I think it's alienating. Uh, so like, because I think that a lot of, yeah. our, I think a lot of our listeners are younger than we are. And I, I, well, but, yeah, oh, well we got a few of those. Oh, wait for that. Okay. Uh, we got that coming, <laughs> okay. but we got a few more, a few of these kind of, so let me knock this one. Cause it's the next one. Um, but it's mostly to say, look, there's there, there's people out there who are thinking the same things. Thirty six and want to start a new band, washed or not. Yo, uh, we can give you a million examples where it's washed as hell. Oh yes, and we can give you a lot of examples where it's not. Yeah. That's so, true. how give me, each of you just in the interest of time, give me one good thing to keep in mind so it's not washed <laughs> bob i thought you were gonna say give me one example of a washed band <laughs> no, no 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 i'm not gonna go that cruel give me one example to make sure that this person's band is not washed what's one good idea oh uh i mean for, for me this is just a matter of making everything as high quality as you can uh because it, it, that way even if you're washed it doesn't fall on your shoulders you did everything so Something that pisses me off about bands of thirty fucking six year olds. We've we've mentioned this before that oh, it's always sunny bit where why can't four grown men come up with two hundred dollars? It, it's yo that that's when you can't put together a good looking demo, a good looking record. When you can't do these things as a fucking adult, where I know you could get together the grand to get the best artist you possibly could. Yo, everybody, there's no artist you could want who is more than a thousand dollars. I assure you of that. So if five fucking grownups can't get absolutely perfect art for what they're trying to do, I look at them and I go, yo, you're not taking this seriously enough. If you can't record well, I'm looking at you and go, what do you mean? You, you want to not be washed, but you're giving me washed content? You know what I mean? Fuck you. So uh, just do everything to the best of your ability. And if it bricks, it bricks. That's the great thing about doing high quality work. There's nobody to, there's, if you do everything right, and the world just says, fuck you, not interested. It is what it is. You know what I mean? You, you don't got to feel bad about that. Tom? Um, no, I mean, I think, yeah, Pat makes a good point. I think to not seem washed, I'm like, be part of shit. Mm. Like, don't be the one that only goes to your own shows or like your friends. Like, you can become involved in stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, you may put up with some resistance. 
but like go to shows, make yourself available, be around. And then I think people will be more likely to check your band out no matter how old you are. Mm. Great answer. Uh, my little piece is just um, a life experience shapes your content, right? Um, but I will say the broader your spectrum of content conversation can be, the more easily understood it can be. It's great if you're singing about mortgages and you know your 401k that's not going to connect with a 20-year-old. And if you don't care, that's <laughs> totally cool. But if you want to don't not seem washed, be careful of that. Um, all right, next one. This one's a Patrick question. Patrick, on being a stepfather. Uh, well, my girlfriend advice. Would, my girlfriend would point out that there is no ring on her finger yet. So because uh, every time work, buddy. Every time I refer to her as as a wife for the sake of uh, uh, conversational ease. Yes, uh, she'll walk away and be like, "It was interesting that you should use wife." Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> there is no <laughs> ring on this finger yet. Um, yep. So, uh, I, well, look, I, I feel like I have a unique circumstance because uh, my girlfriend's kid is uh, about as easy as it comes with this. This kid has welcomed me into his life. Uh, n- none of the – and I expect friction as the kid gets older. We're probably going to get in a fist fight in the front yard just like all stepdads. But the uh, this kid has been – just excellent about uh, integrating me into the family. Uh, I uh, I've talked about this. It's I guess on some level it's a personal thing, but uh, maybe not. I I was not never interested in having my own children. However, I feel like, um, and this is touchy. <laughs> Sorry, everybody to whom I'm going to offend. Uh, I feel like there is a great volume of people, uh, you know, any gender, it doesn't matter whose lives are, um, they have second guesses if they don't have children. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I did not, you know, getting to know my girlfriend, I, I didn't, it wasn't a priority that she has a child at all, but but it was, I was almost relieved because I, I do not want children of my own. I never have. Uh, and I'm quite confident that that's what I want for my life. But I, I knew the type of partner that I would like would probably, probably feel like she was missing something from her life if, if we didn't. So yep. as a, um, I guess maybe compromise is not the right word as a, uh, as a solution <laughs> to, to this, uh, I'm really happy with my circumstance, which is that my girlfriend has this great kid that fulfills that aspect of her life. And I get to be the supportive stepdad. Like that kid, this is going to sound goofy, but that kid could come home. And as long as it's not on some school shooter shit, I'm just going to go. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's cool. That's that's awesome. You know what I mean? You need help with any, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't don't, got to make any of the decisions that I I never wanted to make Uh, straight up. It's what it is. Like I, for people that know me, they know I got a real weird way about me when it comes to uh, kind of telling other people what to do. Uh, I would, I would straight up just give, like, I'm not a responsible parent. <laughs> like, I would be like, if the kid was like, oh, I've been, uh, I've been really into gore pornography, and uh, I'm re- I'm reading this uh, this uh, terrorism book, I'd be like, oh, that's wild, kid. Just be careful. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, I just don't tell people. Right. I don't tell people what to do. 
and therefore I'm not. which is which is an inherent part of uh, parenting, which is a uh, <laughs> yes. tough spot to be in. Yes. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. so uh, the fact that uh, my girlfriend is a great mother uh, and has raised a great kid, and I get to be uh, somebody that can support him in whatever way I can for the remainder of my life, but kind of also uh, abstain from so- certain votes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All, awesome. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, so your advice uh, to someone who is either becoming a stepfather or might be is? Oh, um, I mean, just like with all things, n- know what you're signing up for and understand that there's going to be uh, trade-offs. So you're going to be – there's going to be times where you can't say shit. That's not your kid. You know what I mean? And, and that's the, – you, you better be fucking ready for that. And there's going to be other yep. times where uh, – you got to treat that kid like it's your kid because that's what that kid needs right then. I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about like, you got to be ready to give of yourself. Like this is, if this kid is needs something financially, guess what? I love his mother and the, we're together and this is what it is. You, you know what I mean? So yep. Yep. Uh, you got to, I would say, know what you're signing up for. And, and once you re- resolve or resign yourself to that, uh, who can be mad? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do I always say? Maybe I haven't said it on this podcast enough to say mm, it's what I always say. It, mm-hmm. I think it might be, it's either Ben Franklin or, or it's the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms, right? So like, sure. Yes. So if you understand what the fuck you're doing, what you're entering, what you're talking about, then who is to blame except for you? And if nobody is to blame except for you, then you can do something about it. Then you can. So this is like, uh, sorry, now I'm getting in my motivational bag, but I really believe you've got to take everything on your own shoulders and say, this is my fault, my responsibility, because only then can you change it in a real way. Before that, you can't because you you feel like you're just floating on other people's circumstance. But if you sign up for a thing, you know what the terms are. That's it. Go do the thing you signed up for. And that's my advice. Great. All right. Tom, you're going to lead us on this one. I'm 23. Just graduated college. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 23. You're far far enough away from 23 to have a a say in this. Yes. Well, I'm old enough to be your dad. Yes. 23. (laughs) I'm 23. Just graduated college could use advice on going into the quote unquote real world as they say. Jesus. <laughs> so 23 just graduated yeah. college. Um, yeah. And pro- sounds English like, well, right. Like- well, right. Yeah. That's, that's me. Um, sounds like you did, you got a bachelor's probably, probably not. Sure. Um, not a master's or, or doctorate or et cetera. No, but I need a definitive, like, is it like, did you go to school for something that's very particular? Mm-hmm. Is it let's, like, do you have like this like, general liberal, yes, arts, liberal arts degree? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's lean towards liberal arts, but just say, look, if you're in a specified field and y- you went to school for something specific and you're excited Intern. about that. Yeah. Go full bore. Just, just lean in. Um, try to, if you did that, kudos to you because you have a more defined path that you can follow should you choose to. And my recommendation would be lean in hard right now for the next four to six years 
don't don't give up your life do all the fun shit do all that but lean into that because then you can coast and guess what at age 30 you still feel fucking young <laughs> so um right. but let's say you're in a less defined field and you're trying to enter the workforce at large take us away tom yeah i mean i would try um if if you if you don't have anything in particular in in mind right off the bat i would try different shit if you have the wherewithal if you have the parental support or financial support to be able to like try you know maybe intern here or try this kind of job and like before you settle into anything i think having a particular um field of study can be great or it can suck because you're definitely shackled to that going forward and it's harder to yep. get, get out of. Um, so I think, you know, I would, you know, if, if it's, uh, I, I would literally, you know, if you could, you know, kind of try different things until you find something that really clicks. If you have that, if you have the freedom and wherewithal to do that, um, I think, um, you know, and if you find something you really love, you can always go back to school for that and kind of, move your way up the up the ladder um i think um from all the jobs that i've looked at human resources is a big deal so if, if you're not 100 sure try human resources or it oh it is huge um other you're 23 just finished college and trying to figure things out um this is kind of a fun time because you know without knowing specifics of your situation the world can be your oyster um, whether you have debt or not, you're at a spot where you can choose where you want to be, where you want to live. Take advantage of that. Don't be afraid. Um, if you haven't traveled much, my big recommendation would be take the summer off and go travel. <laughs> like sure. uh, maybe you financially don't have the opportunity to do that. Cool, cool. Go work at a you know, uh, summer camp in Lake Tahoe. Go find a place you can do something stupid. Just get get somewhere new if you haven't traveled. If you have traveled or you just love where you're at, cool. Uh, get yourself settled. Pick something you want to do and uh, enjoy your time uh, as much as you can. The entering the real world thing, once you're in the flow for many people, it's really hard to stop. You're just go, go, go. No you know what I mean? No, there's no rush. So, so, uh, my, I've got two roles, worlds there. One, if you are in a specified niche and you like it and you know what you want, you have some opportunities right out of college, take it, lean in, do it. If you're in a more generalized, do the exact opposite. <laughs> Patrick, real world advice. And go to Todd McFarlane's uh, Facebook and look at his photos of the 350 rejection letters that he received before he was hired um, and understand that that, uh, that man is uh, probably worth uh, maybe $80 million. Uh, mm-hmm. and, That's it. And uh, I mean, it's pretty good. Tom, it's not easy to get past that. Like it's not bad for a comic artist who peaked in 1993. Yes. So, uh, but who sold more like statues and dolls than anybody I've ever heard in my life. Oh, and, and you know what? You're not wrong. Uh, the net worth's around 300 million. Oh, so. there you go. Thank you. So, shows you, shows you, you knew, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I low rated Todd. Anyway, 
Um, I've been a Forbidden Planet. I know how many fucking dolls that fucking dork sells. He sells a lot of dolls. <laughs> so everybody, a lot of, a lot of dolls. Three hundred. Th- that's of the seven hundred that he sent out. He only got rejections for three hundred fifty because those are the people that deigned to actually respond to him. You're going to deal with a ton of fucking frustration in your life. You have to learn to really kind of enjoy the challenge of being frustrated problem solving. How do I work through this? Like I'm not making any headway. Do I keep beating my head against a wall or do I try to circumvent the wall? Uh, do I climb over the wall? These are like the, but you have to gamify your life to some degree and try to find the fun in it. Otherwise you become one of these miserable fucking losers that like is a drain on everybody else's mood. That is my, ding, ding, <laughs> my ding, advice. Ding, ding. Don't become that. Right. Good. Good and if answer. you if you're successful in baseball three out of ten times, you're a Hall of yep. Famer. Exactly. Yep. If you're 50, successful in basketball fifty percent of the time, you're a Hall of Famer, or you could be. You're a so. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, okay. How to balance hardcore has shaped me and adult with public facing career and not be corny. Mm, good question. So not easy for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> First, yeah, f- I've seen it all too close. First and foremost, understand that you're always corny to someone. It, it, you have to just live with this idea that facts that somebody is, is sitting around right now. If you are a notable person, there's two things I can guarantee about you. Somebody is saying something about you that's untrue, whether it's a lie or misunderstanding. In a group chat, in a, yes, in a group chat, somebody is lying about you, uh, and. Uh, somebody is a hundred percent calling you corny. Doesn't matter if you're the most down motherfucker in the world. I, I got a text about the guy from tragedy the other day that was like, yo, this month. And it's like, yo, we're, we're impugning the guy from tragedy that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. everybody is somebody's target on any given day. So just first understand that you are going to be corny to someone. You can't satisfy that person. The freest people are these cringe as fuck motherfuckers who just do whatever they want. The most successful people I know yep. arrived there by having zero fucking shame. <laughs> they just yep. they don't even understand they're fucking corny. That's a gift from God right there. Uh, not having that gift from God. Brain. So you don't even you you can't even perceive corny and you the idea of someone thinking you're corny is so far from you that it skates right by you, even your consciousness. You just it doesn't enter your brain. Correct. You, Amazing. You, you are just. It means that you can go. You can take everything to the to the nth level because you're unfettered, unbothered, and unrestrained from just pursuing whatever it is in the most insane way to people who are not built like that. Exactly. So you. you Understand that if you're not that dude, if you got these roadblocks, you also have to just say, oh, right, but somebody, even despite all my efforts and how fucking down I am, how fucking I've done everything the right way, somebody is going to sit around calling you corny. So first do that. Second, um, just don't invoke your DIY past for brownie points at times where it's obviously opportunistic or you're trying to get out of criticism. Like, yes. Like if (laughs) Tom's got a, Tom's got a devilish little giggle. Uh, The, uh, if, if you are, uh, if you're in trouble for something, uh, there's nothing worse than deflecting 
to your background, your past, your, it, 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 accept the criticism or fight the criticism on its own merits. Don't say, but I've been down since 1989. No one gives a goddamn, you know I mean? Stop that shit. So, uh, just don't use your, if we're going to call it hardcore credibility, understand that 99% of people don't give a fuck or even know what that is. And then secondly, uh, don't like reach for it when it's, when you're jammed up or, or don't reach for it when, uh, you know, you think it's going to get you something just, you know, if it's, if you're, if you're a guy that's down, I forget who I saw. I some, saw some musician. Fuck. I, so we're going to be talking about, uh, big boys. And, and, uh, I went down a big boys hole and, it led me to these other music. <laughs> I went down a big boy's hole. Yes. So, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. so uh, oh, it led me on a Wikipedia march to uh, a bunch of musicians whose personal lives I didn't know much about. And I ended up on all corners of the internet and I forget who it was, but somebody Ever around every nook and cranny, just up in there, up yeah. in there, every yeah. crack. Every I could find. So yeah. uh, the, the, so uh, there was somebody who was totally unexpected. They have a big career. Oh, actually, I think it's one of the guys in the big boys is now uh, like the uh, he's uh, if this is true, this might be Wikipedia knowledge. Let me see. Hold on. Bear with me. I think I might still have it up. I mean, how can it be wrong? It's you can edit it yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if this is you true, mess with it. Hold on. The, yes, it is true. The horn player for the big boys. Is the commander of the International Space Station? So, like, oh wow! I don't think. Oh, wow. I mean, that seems too far out of it to be made up. I don't think he's reaching for his time in the big boys to fucking like, like, hey guys, I know that there's an asteroid about to hit the space station. I just want to tell you about frat cars, frat cars. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell yeah. you. Just one time in Austin, we played with this band from DC, and they. They call us all kinds of names. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. So uh, just don't do that. And everybody's going to kind of be like, oh, that's cool. Younger people are going to come up and be like, is that real that that dude did that? And the, you don't even got to comment on it. Just be the cool fucking dude that did the cool things in your life and let other people ding, comment ding, on ding. it. Ding, ding, ding. That's it. Tom, how to, sh- how to balance hardcore to shape me and – adult with public facing career and not be corny. I mean, I think it's easy to do. Like if you kind of, um, internalize the, the good stuff you've learned about hardcore and lo- learned from hardcore, you can really kind of, that can really help you in any kind of public facing job or, you know, just kind of hardcore teaches you more than any other kind of music genre or scene in my not so humble opinion. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think you can kind of really implement a lot of the stuff that you learn as a kid from hardcore into your adult jobs. And I think it also helps, like, quite honestly, being in a band helped me, like, get over talking to people. And, and now, now you know, now it's like, oh, cool. I'm on, like, a Zoom with, like, the mayor and, yeah, like, a yeah. Supreme Court judge. You know what I mean? Ten years ago, I'd be like, "Fuck it," I'd be like an idiot. And now it's like, oh, I, between the podcast and hardcore, I can yeah. fucking, you know, speak extemporaneously and not sound like a total fucking jabron. You know? Yeah, and I, I think tying both those things together, learn the lessons, uh, build out from it, 
appreciate it. You don't need to throw hardcore on the billboard if you don't need to. You know, uh, that's that's how you you should feel feel free to wear it as a badge of pride. But at the same time, a badge of pride doesn't mean it's a billboard. You know, um, it's, no, it's, and you it's don't want people that work with you to know about it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, because <laughs> then they start YouTube and stuff, and then it gets real weird. And they're like, "Oh, you're a singer," and I'm like, "Well, not really." Right. Also, and then one it of your coworkers, yeah, and one of your coworkers shows up with one of your band shirts they ordered online. It's like, ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. Do with that. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned, like, met people that are like, like, oh shit, like. You're, you know, like about hardcore, which is cool because it's like, oh, you know, this too is like our little secret. But I'd also be like, all right, don't please don't repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want people like fucking YouTube and me and like there's a bunch of fucking sweaty people fucking jumping off my back. Like, don't do that, please. Like, then I have to tell you people like in, like supervision and like directives. And it'd be like, yeah, but you yelled, you know, you're. you're guitar player you're mf and uh, these people yeah. on the stage you're yeah LV, right like decorum right yeah um, right yeah so it kind of it can it can kind of cut you off at the knee a little bit so we've got a few questions like this and i'm gonna touch them and we can touch them in different ways because i think they are different enough but like let's focus in on the specificity of the question um because it's gonna hit we're gonna hit different uh different angles of a similar theme here this is awesome how do I get into going to shows while being completely removed from any scene? Just so this is someone who's really not a part of it. So like um, ever or like have been removed. I, th- I, I take it as someone who's just completely removed from any scene. So maybe it's a, um, someone who has never been a part of any sort of scene, like doesn't have any community within this music world. Uh, I could see it as someone who moved to a new place and is no longer. Yeah. Uh, I could see it as someone who was a long time ago. Life took them somewhere else and now they're back and they're removed from what's going on now. I'll answer this and say this in the most joyous way. When I moved to California, when I was 20, I was young, but I, I moved to California. I was not part of any scene there. And that was one of the most freeing and cool times for me going to shows just i'd go i'd see the band i want to see i'd take off um a lot of irish goodbye style things where it's just like i don't really know anyone here and there's no like community obligation um and i really liked it that's not for everyone and if you do that long enough if you do that at the hardcore level so some form of diy you know if you're just going to shows at a big uh, you know, the biggest level, if you're only going to the knock loose show when it comes through town or the turnstile show, eh, you might be able to stay anonymous. But if you go to, you know, the VFW hall or the small club show enough, you're going to end up talking to people. You're going to end up meeting people. You'll probably end up meeting some friends. And that's pretty cool too. So uh, how to do it? Just go. Um, find out the information. That's sometimes the harder proposition. And go and see what you want to see, like what you want to like, and, and support that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, don't wait for an invite. Don't feel like you can't go because you're not part of it. Yes. Show up. There, You know, as much as we like to talk about hardcore and, like, there's, there's a lot of fucking shitty people involved. Mm. But there's far more good people involved. I would like to think. Maybe that's my own fucking naivete but like i think you know if you show up and you're by yourself like there will be someone that, that'll talk to you because there's gonna be someone else there by themselves 
Yep. You know, it's like fucking high school. It's it's just like high school. There's going to be fucking cool kids that no matter what, until you become someone that they have to pay attention to, they're not going to pay attention to you. And that's fine. Fuck them. Yes. But but I think, you know, you'll find like-minded and, you know, there there were people there to be like, oh, hey, like, you know, you, this, you know, you from around here, like, and, you know, I think, you know, I think there's enough decent people out there that'll kind of help like shepherd you in and make you feel a little bit more comfortable about coming to shows on a regular basis. But like you said, it's gotta be, you know, a 50 person show. It's more likely to, than you're at a 2000 person show. Yes, like, correct. I could stand mm-hmm. in a fucking back of 2000 person show and no one will know I was even there. anonymous. Yeah. But if you're, if you're going shows regular and you start to get the routine, you're going to end up talking to people, Patrick. I mean, that's it. I know a guy that his, uh, uh, really loved hardcore music. He's a musician himself, but his career uh, took him in like what I guess you could only call like a very broish direction. Like all of his contemporaries, all of the people that he knows in his life, have zero interest in hardcore and are kind of, I mean, by our you know the guy from the Catmouth Kings. <laughs> by our, mm-hmm. No, I mean a different kind of bro, like uh, just a much like they're listening to country. And they're it, 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 so yeah. it, it's just that everybody that he's around wouldn't be a companion to go to a show with. And he still goes to shows. And a weird thing about going to shows is you go to five people start recognizing your face. Somebody might talk to you. Uh, and right. And they go, Hey, were you at such and such last week? Right. Next time, yep. you know, in, in six months when Pat goes to another show, yep. someone's going to be like, Hey, did you go to see Speed in May of 2022? And he's going to be like, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll talk. And it's like, where have you been in the meantime, you fucking weirdo? And then, yeah. Uh, Go into a show on Saturday. Thank you. Wow. Damn, look at you. Patty Mosh a lot. No, I think this is, I think this one's much more indie. I don't know. I just got it. Somebody invited me and I said, yeah, sure. Shout out to the people who use these uh, little things we put out there to say just a nice stuff. That's really cool. Just get we get some appreciation in these. And that's, that's nice. It's very nice. We we appreciate people who reach Read out and say nice things. It's it's not, it's no question. Just appreciate y'all for making me look forward to Tuesday each week. It's oh, nice. Thank you. It's very nice. Hey, I like that. Um, suck. Okay. Uh, well, we kind of touched on this, but we'll let's let's give a couple quick ones, um, especially from both of you. Older person who loves hardcore past present, how to do a band without being a quote unquote old guy band. Oh God, we're getting a lot of these, huh? It's impossible. It's impossible. If you have gray in your fucking hair, that well, you're old. Well well, you're old, but there we know there's bands with old people in them who aren't old guys' bands. Yeah, right. Okay, because true. like all right, so I think don't base anything off of anything you've done before. Yep. Like uh don't, don't, I mean nobody don't, wants don't rely, the, don't. Uh, like Go ahead, sorry. Because I like. No, I, mean, I think no, you know, like nobody wants. You don't need to be the forty-nine-year-old in the youth group band. I think when you kind of only stay in your lane, it makes you seem kind of old. Yeah, it can. I feel like it can. I think there's also folks that are like it's almost like transparent that you're like, oh, you're trying to sound current. Yep. That's also mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And like this is your version of what's happening now, but it's through a, le- a different lens and it doesn't work. Yeah, damn. So so because that's that's too you start to like the the this is the uh exiting the death star level 
you got to really fly that plane through the the wedge. Um, be genuine. Be authentic with what you want to do. Um, Don't dress and, like a dad. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's a that lot. Young man old. Sure. Um, I've seen bands that are great that are like you're wearing like a fucking golf shirt. Oh, sure, sure. That you sure, look sure. like you just like came from like a christening. Which here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. If you're good with that, then be good with that. But if 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 as you're asking, you don't want to come off 150 fucking years old, then yeah, yeah, don't do things that look 150. I'm just gonna say this: you don't are, wear a rock shirt from Target. <laughs> Listen, yeah. don't wear like a Rolling Stones Walmart shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wear like that's any just life advice in general. Wait, we shouldn't have. Yeah, to yeah but like that. that's a comic. Like I see dudes that are in bands. It's like. Why are you wearing a Captain America shirt, like a distressed Captain American shirt, America shirt from Target? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, uh, go full black T-shirt if you're gonna. Like, if you want, like, listen. I feel like there's ways to like, not that you have to change your way of dressing, but it's like you do if you want to. Maybe seem, take that out of the rotation. Y- you do if you want to seem not lame. That's it. Like, I, like, look, look, look. Let's let's just say this right now. Just like when somebody is committed to a basement existence, we never say, "Oh, hey, you're silly," because that's a completely valid way to express yourself that all good. You know what I mean? You don't got to aspire to fucking some big stage or any shit like that. Same thing here. If you want to be an old man on that fucking stage, you'd be an old man on that fucking stage. But if just as there's things that can make you more quote unquote successful, there's things that can make you look less fucking washed. And if you don't want to do those things, it's a personal choice and I respect it, but don't say, Hey, why is no young people at our fucking shows? (laughs) And also, Look washed. It's simple. Just like, right. yeah, you might have like, to change Why are you your wearing shirt. leather pants? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like this, and you guys are going to take exception to this, I think, but maybe not. Like, yo, I, I, I'm wearing a, uh, a seven second shirt uh, today, right? And if I play in front, no disrespect to seven seconds, who I think one of the all time greats, I think yeah. that with my gray hair, Wearing a seven second shirt oh, sure. is fucking typical. And it's fucking, mm. it, it's not plugged in at all. You know what I mean? Mm. And see, I don't think that's as bad as like wearing like. No, it's not top. <laughs> it's like, not, I, not like as bad as wearing a, like, a Walmart or Target like vi- fake baby Yoda shirt. No question. No question. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing a Grogu shirt that your wife bought <laughs> you for a fucking Valentine's Day. Like, I think that you can actually <laughs> receive like a citizen's arrest level ticket. At a show, like like if a twenty year, if you're doing that and you're at a show, if someone under the age of thirty comes up to you and says, "Hey, pops, uh, you either got to take that shirt off or you got to give me twenty bucks," you you that is legally enforceable. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just true. the way it is. Yeah, you better have a roll of twenties. <laughs> but I mean, I think you got to have an old shirt. You got to have an old shirt. Like maybe you size out of it, and that's that's understandable. But if you haven't, go to the fucking the tubs that your wife made you put in the basement. Yep. <laughs> grab the fucking 1991 whatever the fuck shirt yep and like just look the part you got to look the something it's all a show yes it's all a show it's all a fucking song and dance you can put on a fucking uniform you could put on a costume yeah, it, look if it, we shouldn't even have to say this to our listeners who instinctively kind of do this but then if they hear like oh put on a different shirt some of them are going to be like why should i and it's like, yo, you already do. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? so, so here's the thing. Uh, just don't look washed. You know what washed is. And if you don't know what washed is, 
well, you got bigger problems, and it just is what it is at that point. Yo, yo, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's if you don't know what washed is, that means you are. Yeah, that's yeah. Much. Let's wrap it up, old guy. Don't don't be washed. Don't look washed. Don't only other old guy band thing that happens. Don't only play with bands that are also your age. It's the fucking worst. Although dude. sometimes that's all you can get. Yeah, that's true. And if that, but but here's my thing: if that's all you can get, that means you're an old guy band already. Yeah, embrace it. I don't know right. what to tell you're not you. in touch Break with in. folks that you could get like a 27-year-old to sing. To. Correct. Break yeah. or or even if you can't get a 27-year-old to sing with you, go to those shows and figure it out. And if you aren't like if they aren't willing to put on for you, maybe your band's not good enough or whatever. You, you got to it's got to be exemplary too. Like let's be honest, being an old guy band or just being older with a hardcore band is as much of an obstacle out. as being the band of people from the town, you know, out in the sticks, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't know anybody. Well, yeah, that's the old guys. They they're from town, but they don't know anybody, you know, like they gotta, they gotta be, you know, example, modern life is war was a band from Marshalltown. Nobody knew them, but they put out something that was exemplary. Never clicked for me, but was exemplary. And they broke down all those obstacles. And all of a sudden it was like, people are, you know, pushing each other over to see them and play with them. Can an old person, can older people do a band that does that? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's not going to be easy. So good luck. I think old age is tougher to overcome than Marshalltown. Yeah, it might be. Well, I mean, maybe. They looked yeah, cool. no, no, maybe. Like, well, you, you, you can look cool. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they looked cool to some people. And they were young too when they did it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But like they looked awesome. You're like, wow, these kids are from Iowa. Like this is what a hardcore kid looks like in Iowa. <laughs> and like people went to Marshalltown for their last show. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. Like when they broke the, up originally. The biggest, people the biggest tourist event in Marshalltown ever, maybe. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, yeah, you have to like look in the mirror. And if, you know, like if you, if the five of you guys are in like in, in your rehearsal space and you can't pick out the washed one, it might be you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, avoiding religion in a religious family. Uh, oh, that's tough. I, I, I'm going to go with a uh, controversial figure, but uh, the, the guy from uh, uh, Kickback following his Instagram, I found it really interesting. I think we might have talked about it real briefly. Uh, his advice on the lockdown in uh, Thailand to, mm-hmm. to young mm-hmm. people, he just said, uh, don't follow these rules, but don't waste your life fighting these people. Just don't do it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the best advice I, I, you could give somebody is non-compliance. Like my mother finds me to be the most frustrating person in the world. My girlfriend probably does too, because I don't argue. I just don't do the thing you asked me to do. <laughs> so like it's, I just go, okay. And then just never do it. So like Tom, does that, does that track to you about Patrick? That he's frustrated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't. He doesn't do what you, you, he's being asked to do. Yeah, I yeah. just go all right, or I don't respond, and then I just never do it. And th- that is the non-compliance yes. that I would push on somebody. <laughs> you don't got to go to war with your fucking family every day. Your family's not changing on your behest. <laughs> just fucking ignore them. That's all I do. No, I have conversations with my family about it. I, I, my father and I can. My father and I have almost fist fought over the American military. <laughs> I almost fist fought. And, and I want you to think about on this podcast, I will take the counterpoint and be like the guy that's like, well, there's a lot of people that find themselves in the GI program, blah, blah, blah. And I'll do all this bullshit where I'm like trying to see other people's perspectives. 
my father, I've almost punched but him. But you just like to troll your dad. Well, it's just that he and I go to a heated place about something that matters to the two of us. Like he, he was. He, you mean your father, who was who was uh, nascently involved in the military? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, he feels a different way than you than than you do. Weird. Uh, he was a draft dodger. He was he was a, a Vietnam era soldier, and if mm-hmm. you'd like my opinion on that, which he does not want, I think the fact that. <laughs> I think the fact that he was stationed in Texas throughout that uh, that conflict uh, informs his view. And had he been shot in his spleen, he may feel differently. And we 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 go to war on that. Here's the point. Do you do you think what age was he at at the last time where he could take you? Could uh, he take you now if he if you got him worked up about this? No, he's seventy nine. Your dad still—he still, he still looks like a pretty strong dude. Yeah, you know, he could—he could. He, he, I think he could take him. He's big. You gotta hit you once, man. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's big, big, man. But he's gotten—he's missing like. Four you need to get him on the ground. That's what you got to do. I don't know about that. I think I just got to uh, pick him off from distance. <laughs> I don't think I'm. I really don't think I'm like standing. <laughs> I because he's just got to get you once. You got to get him on the ground. And then, then it's a quick ground pound. You got to, because that's the only way you're going to take Frank down. Right. And then you kill your father of a heart attack. That's what you should do. You should definitely do that. Um, if we're talking about you beating up your 80 plus year old father, I think, I think you get his, take out his legs first and then really give it to him. That's what I think about Vietnam. Bam. I've told, bam. Drop an elbow from bam. the couch. I've told yeah, this story. Macho man elbow. I've told this story. My father and my brother got into it. By the way, we're not a particularly trashy family, everybody, despite this, this description I'm about to give you. Uh, no, they're not. They got into it. My brother punches him in the chest. My father goes down, has a stroke right there. My, he, 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 <laughs> what? He almost died, <laughs> and my, my brother <laughs> thought that he killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus so, Christ! So here's the look. Here's the thing. You Tom, see you, have you yeah. seen? Have you ever seen a picture of Frank? He's a I big feel like dude. He's, like a, he's a big dude. Pretty thick man. Yes. I don't think he's quite as tall as me, but he's close, and he's a very solid dude. He's six, even right, six, six, two, six, two, six, two, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fucking big human being. True. Yeah. So, what are you, Pat? So, five eight. Five, five ten. Five ten. He's five ten. <laughs> five ten. One. Are you one seventy right now? No, I've, I have not. You eclipsed. dropped. Yeah, I haven't gotten to one seventy, which is good because the only way I was able to put on that weight was getting a pot belly. So now I have to like, I'll probably be, <laughs> I'll probably be one fifty five for the remainder of my life because every time I try to bulk up, I just look like shit. Mm. I mean, you're like four that's weight classes away from him. If this is like any kind of that's sanctioned, why, that's, why I don't, that's why anything. I don't agree with Bob. If that if he gets me on the ground, he's just got to squeeze. You know what I mean? Like, well, you he just do, has to be on top of you and drop an elbow. Well, that's yeah. You know, he he's yeah, man. I don't know. There is a strategy. We'll work on this. Is a whole nother episode. Actually, is Patrick beating up his father? Um, you might I have. To, I could beat up Pat. Can I be Mister uh, Frankie's strongman? Oh yeah! Come on now! Come on! What was, the, what was the question? Man. Tom asked if he thinks if 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 I thought you could if he could beat you up. Oh well, I mean, again, Tom, if you get a hold of me what as a straw man for Frank. Yeah, my father. See, here's the thing. Father, I, I, think, I think I think Tom can take a punch for sure. Even if you get him good in the face, he's gonna. I just get mad. Grab. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna hulk you a little bit, and that's that's the hard part. That a ragdoll you down. Yeah. So yeah. Then, go then full mount. 
So, so just, I'm sure you guys are in the same position, which is just being kind of a grown up. You don't, you want to be smart and not get killed, but you also can't waste your life being afraid of anybody. Right. That's so, right. So like, yeah, yeah. so that's the position that a lot of, uh, a lot of people find themselves in at a certain age. And I've talked about this. My father has like a zero fear of anybody sort of thing, which is like really unhealthy for a guy that like is missing toes. Definitely couldn't run if he needed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So like not a healthy view. The toes played a factor in my take him down low. Thank you. So the, uh, uh, what I'm saying is I am not afraid of really anybody, even people I should be. But the other day, I won't use any names. I was not sizing up for any reason other than I just noticed this person. There's a person in our scene who I was, mm. for lack of a better word, I was sizing him up and I went, no fucking chance. <laughs> I, just, mm-hmm. I just said, I said, I'm not afraid of, I'm really not afraid of anybody at this point in my life. But I looked at this fucker and I go, right. not now, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the reason, the, my nose would be on the other side of my face. Yes. Yeah. And the yeah. reason for that is not because I'm, I'm, uh, it's the only attribute I got in a fight is I take a, I take a punch with grace. But as far as actually hurting some of these guys with like, you, when you see someone with, with a proper jaw, you go, oh. Oh, well, yeah, this is going to be a problem. So what, what I'm saying is, uh, I don't, I, I think my father is not, Tom is not a good stand in for my father. Cause my father, uh, is despite being a bigger guy. Sorry, everybody. This is the, uh, beat Frank Kinlan, uh, yeah, testosterone portion corner. of this. Yeah. Um, the, uh, my father's got like quite a reach on him. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so like, I, I know Tom was talking about helping you, oh. helping Frank against you. <laughs> wouldn't go for, I would last very long. What are we talking about? No, it's two men over. We already, it's two men over two thirty just yeah. beating me. What are we talking about? More, yeah, but yeah, I mean, if like Frank, we were afraid of Frank's health. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. I was like, you want to sub in? I understand. Yeah. I understand. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to kind of. I you know, thought you were Tom tra- is a man who will fight me. for his honor. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought Tom yes. was training me. On the man that he's no, like, no, no, come on. Um, thank you, Tom. Uh, let's move uh, on to something less. Yeah, funny. avoiding religion in a religious family. Tom, you do have. I I will say this. Uh, don't have much of a religious family. Um, I think I think my father just thought religion was funny. Uh, my mom, I think, had an odd slash not great relationship to religion, um, and so it was a literally never an issue. I think I've been to church less than a dozen times in my life. Um, wow. Yeah, like, like a dozen is great exaggeration. Um, so I didn't I never really cared about it, and uh, have largely avoided it. Otherwise, that's pretty. Tom, lucky. you do come from my father, not really religious. Made me go to church every Sunday as a kid, even though he never went and hadn't gone yeah. since like his like father's funeral or something. Yeah. Um, my mom, very Irish Catholic. My rest of my sisters, very Irish Catholic. Um, they know I do not believe in anything. Um, but they also like, they've come, they've said that like, um, that I'm one of the better like humans that they know, even though I'm not a religious person. Yes. Which is kind of nice. So they like, no, I'm not going to hell if there is a hell because I've done like the decent thing for human beings. So it's like, but like I, last time I was there, I was argue, like not arguing, but like discussing abortion with my mom. Mm. Who's like, I don't agree with it. I go, yeah, but I was like, should anyone be able to tell you that you couldn't do it? She's like, no. And I'm like, well, that's the whole point. 
and then I went, I, I used the words religious as, as like the cancer on humanity, which probably was mm. the nicest thing to say at like 1130 on a Saturday. Mm. Um, <laughs> but she's like, my God, I'm like, I'm just saying, I was like, it makes, it causes all the wars. It causes all the drama. I was like, if you did away with religion, we'd have none of the shit. And, uh, and I, and I believe that, but I mean, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't bring it up in like, at like Thanksgiving dinner because mm. then it gets heated. But if it's just like a conversation one-on-one with folks, you know yeah. what I mean? I think it's, I think it's a safe enough place. Like it would, it's never, it, you know, it would never come down to any kind of big argument that would cause any real kind of long-term drama. But you know, I, I, I think would just watch an old yeah. I think it's it's like a lot of things. You've tried to find a place where you can come to a common ground, you know, like yeah. like and, and it's how you per, per, pursue it, right? Like I 100% agree with you, Tom. <laughs> Religions of pox upon a lot of things, but I also don't mind there's some positive aspects to it. I think there is some people who really would struggle without some concept of a Absolutely. a great a greater power, right? Um, so I want to, you, you basically, you start with the things that you can agree with and then approach other things and approach them, uh, with curiosity. And if it becomes testy or heated, or it seems like someone who, you know, I I try not to have conversations with rocks very often because they're not moving. Uh, And so that's a dead end, you know, so another big, another big boys reference for this episode, brick wall. Mm. <laughs> you got it. Good job. Oh, okay, you're deep in. All right. Um, let's make this a quick one. Um, how to tell your bandmate he's stuck in the 70s and playing Stairway to Heaven intro isn't okay. What are we talking about right now? I think I think <laughs> you did it. What is happening? <laughs> Yo, I love Led Zeppelin a lot. Don't don't. It's a it's a it's a Fight Club level thing. Don't talk about it. Don't if you're about it, be about it. But don't don't. Come on, you can't be doing that shit. I'm gonna go one step further. Do not play the same song every time that you check your instrument. Uh, there is uh, so uh, just did however many days with fucking six weeks with Drug Church, and the drummer and I every night would go, Are, are they gonna do it again? Is each individual uh, <laughs> stringed instrument going to do the only apparently the only fucking riff they know to check their instrument? Uh, one, uh, two. Three. Yes, they all fucking don't know any other songs. Mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next. Um, I feel like I do a ton of cool projects, but I feel like a punisher promoting them. How do I get the word out without feeling like I'm burdening people? Oh, God. Listen. Uh, I mean, Pat's not the right one to ask about this because he's terrible at promotion. Terrible at promotion. But I'm going to say this. This is a broader topic. Uh, I read a thing the other day that said, the other day, two months ago, that said uh, the, 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 the kind of the deciding factor, the push in suicide, suicidal ideation is feeling like a burden, mm. right? Yes. P- people, when they feel like a burden, they, it, it, there's something in people, uh, maybe because we're group animals, et cetera, that it's the lowest a person can feel. It's, it's just, it, it drives people to really dark places. I'm going to counter that by saying I love feeling like a burden and you, you just have to, you have to embrace it. <laughs> like I'm looking forward to being old and putting my family out. I don't give a fuck. Uh, you just have to like, I, they're right. I'm not good at promotion. 
but it's not because I feel like a burden. You have to let go of that. Everybody out here is trying to get ahead on whatever terms they can. Yes, there's a corny way to do things, but presumably you know what that line is. If you're not nowhere near it, just don't feel bad about putting yourself into the world. Yes, you're going to encounter people that say you're too much. Yes, you're going to annoy someone. But if you're annoying only 44% of the population that you're trying to reach and the other percentage really loves you, well, fuck it. Like, <clears throat> sorry, this is going to probably expose somebody. Uh, somebody asked me to do something for him the other day, and I wasn't really familiar with them. And I went and checked uh, th- their their band stuff, and it was a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm one person. You know what I mean? Like they probably reached yep. they yep. probably reached way more people by being too much than. That, that, who gives a fuck about me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. Like, sure. There's, you got to be willing to trade off and you're never going to get any place if you, if you don't understand. Yeah. Look, some people are going to dislike me. Some people are going to like me. Some people are going to be too much. Some people are not going to be enough. They're not going to even know I exist. Just, you know, that's it. Tom, don't want to promote, I have cool projects, but promote them, but don't want to see, be a burden don't want to feel like i'm doing it too much and shoving it on people what to do i mean i think that's social media is about promotion whether it be self-promotion or whatever yep i think there's no harm in just like putting it out there if someone finds it annoying they'll mute you it doesn't matter yes but i wouldn't let that stop you from promoting stuff because like i can't tell you how many things it's like i might see it on the fifth time yep Oh, we feel I mean, oh, with shit. the podcast constantly, constantly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's algorithms and all this other nonsense. So it's like, you may think you're being a punisher. I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, just putting it out there in general and mass is, is fine. Recorded this demo. Here's some comic book I worked on. Here's whatever the fuck. Here's my podcast. Here's my radio show. It's my noise. Like, brand, that's cool. Whatever because it is. Sure. Not everyone's going to fucking see it every time because the internet is a fucking weird place. That's that's everything that's being shown to you is being curated. So like mm-hmm. you're not punishing anybody. No one cares. They flip right through it. They won't give it another second. They won't give it a second thought if they don't care. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, that's a good way to think of it. And, and understand this, that, that uh, most people don't, it, it sounds terrible, but most people don't care about your life. You know, like most people aren't clocking for you. And sometimes when they are, it's in the negative and you got to say, fuck yeah. them anyway. You know what I mean? And the ones who do care about you are never going to be mad at you about your promotion. Well, they're, they're going to mute you. No, they'll like be individual or general. <laughs> they'll either uh, be, they either will support it or be like, no, nah, whatever. Who cares? I don't, I'm, I'm, I know this. Like if there's something I like that I see someone promote and I've seen them promote it before and I've seen them promote it before a lot, I'm not mad at it. It just, Breeze, it washes over me. I'm not mad. You know what I mean? Like, you know how many time records come out and like on that fucking Friday, I see it in 300 stories. Mm-hmm. I don't get mad. No, when no. I see that, I go, oh, thank, thank goodness that like something's getting a pop. It's so nice. Right. This is like, oh, the temperature is hot on this. Yeah, love that. And it's more no. if you if you are in the space where your brain is going the other way, self assess. Decide why you're why you're on that hater shit. Yeah. Um, promote away. Be unabashed about it, and see our uh, previous uh, advice on the most successful people being the ones who are like, wait, wait, wh- what? Uh, corny? Somebody thinks I'm corny? <laughs> What's corny? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, 
D- does that impact what I'm doing? No, oh, that's cool. Who cares? Um, don't let them get you. All right. Um, how to go solo to a show? Do we have the same? Like people got these concerns. Just these are really different people. I know. Um, how to go solo to a show? Uh, have the desire and interest to either two paths. You really want to see the acts that are playing, right? Or you really want to check out the the scene of what it is and and be comfortable talking to people if you want, or be comfortable not talking to fucking nobody. Cool. You're gonna be in a dark room most of the time. No one's even gonna fucking notice that you're there, unless you it's, try it's like the to make yourself noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's the fucking internet. It's like people will pay as much attention to you as you draw to yourself. Yes, yes. And it also, I've gone to shows that it's like I don't know anybody else here. Okay. Well, I've gone to shows and gone. I've gone to the movies. I don't know anyone here. I can leave whenever I want. That rips. My, yeah, I'm not saying why everybody's fucking awesome. I love it. Or like, oh, cool. Like the band I came to see is about to start, and then someone wants to tell me like how their their vacation was. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I just literally want 30 minutes to just. Oh, 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 this is happening. So uh, I'd rather stand in the corner to watch the band I want to watch and be like and bounce. There you go. I'm gonna go grab a drink and go home. Yeah. So yeah, uh, go to solo to a show. If uh, I'll flip this, how to go solo to a show? Yo. It can be as joyous an experience as you want. Go. And if you're somebody who's not even thinking about this, if you just never go to shows by yourself, go once. It's the same as going to a movie by yourself or, or taking yourself out for a meal. Sit, you know, dine alone. Do it. It is cool. Once you break that seal, it's fine. Oh, yo. I, I'd rather I go to a, a movie by myself now. Oh, yeah. Do, I am a... I, 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 I really like my time by myself and I have my entire life. I really like doing things solo. Um, and that's not to say I don't also like doing things with other people. It, if, if you have a weird thing with it, do it more because it'll make you appreciate yourself more. I hope. I, I think it's a really cool thing to enjoy being with yourself. So, um, all right. This is a question. Um, new band have about 10 songs. Should we do a demo or should we do an LP? And they actually expanded on this and, uh, and wanted the advice. Is it dumb to skip the demo stage? We're a new band. All members have played in hardcore bands before, have experienced recording LPs, playing shows, etc. That has been uh, putting together songs over the last while. We've been compiling and putting together 10. They all feel like, sing- like pieces of a single project. As this isn't our first project, we got together with the idea of an LP in mind as the goal for output. That being said, as they are nearing completion, the recording becomes a nearing reality. Do we go the traditional demo route and record just a few of them and then re-record those later as part of an LP or just go full length out of the gate? Hey, this is our new band. Here's 10 songs. Either way, send it. So um, what do you guys think? Uh, I think that you can do the LP with the understanding that no one will care. If you are comfortable with putting out those 10 songs for crickets, uh, because it's something that you wanted to get done and you hope that people will revisit it later, that's fine. But putting an LP in the world, I've said this on this podcast, putting an LP in the world that nobody pays attention to is a punch in the gut. Uh, you have to brace yourself for the idea that the the you're not even getting a pop, right? Like I know bands yep. 
who got a pop on their LP. And when it, that pop goes away, because that's inevitable, pe- people move on to the next thing. They're sad as fuck because they enjoyed that one moment of anybody paying attention to their band. So imagine if you get zero pop, zero, <laughs> nobody cares. Yep. And you just labored and spent money on this thing that you can be proud of. And listen, no disrespect. Uh, I'm certain some people are going to think I'm talking about them. I've spoken to people who they will look you in the eye and say, I'm doing this only for myself. I do not care if anybody listens to it. I know it's great. That's what, that's what the kids call cope. Okay. <laughs> like that's what that is. Mm. You are, I, I can say that because I've put out 50 records. If nobody listens to my record, I'll be totally frank with you. This sounds fucking annoying. I wouldn't even notice because I'm writing another one. But the majority of people want someone to notice their fucking efforts. And if you put out that LP, there is a very great chance no one will notice your efforts. I would split that into two demos, pretend that they were recorded at different times, fucking put them out over the course of a year, and try to get some buzz. My advice. I, I co-sign on a lot of that. I've seen a lot of bands and projects um, who've spent a lot of time, energy, effort into something and have put it right to, to LP and then have boxes and boxes of that effort sitting around. And I think that can feel away. If you're not you concerned with bets. that. Yes. If you're not concerned with that, push forward full full speed ahead do what you like but um hey doing the demo one it gets it out there two it gives you the little motivation a little push like hey should we do something should we play some shows uh three gives you the ability to kind of temperature check the room four before you spend uh several thousand dollars and produce a product that Maybe people want, maybe people don't. I think the demo is a really cool way. And then you can, you know, you can record it all if you want. Maybe you pick your best, what you think of as your best songs or most representative, even more so, and throw those out there. Whether it's whether you do any physical or just do digital, see what it's about. And then, uh, then you can see where the ball goes from there. I have just seen it too many times where people put in the effort and they're very excited. If it's, if you've already done LPs, you're, you're, you know, it's still magical whenever you get like, hey, I did this thing. Here it is. It's kind of cool to hold in your hand. But if it's not your first time, see if you can make it something worth more than just like, we did this thing. Here it is. You know. Hi, this is Paul Phelps. And this is Monica Strutt. And we're from the Daily Music Business Podcast. We're joined by a number of other really great hosts in creating daily content with great advice for independent musicians just like you. That's right. We put out episodes daily on all topics from music marketing to branding, advice on signing with a manager and label and anything else you need to up-level the business side of your music career. We've got it covered. Subscribe to the Daily Music Business Podcast today on your favorite podcast catcher. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, next question. You ready? I'm ready. Tom, I learned to mosh to Fury of Five, but now I prefer Chain Punk and Power Violence. How do I learn new mosh? <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow. Um, 
Well, the stickman windmill will not go over well in a basement show. No. <laughs> you no. might break your wrist on a fucking pipe or something. Yep. Um, I think it's like you. Got, it's more keep your hands to yourself at, at a at a punk show like that. Yes. Um, one hundred percent. I mean, I think you just go to YouTube, watch videos, mm. figure it out. I, and I mean, I think. I think you got. Don't watch yourself do it because if if you watch yourself do it, you'll never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 um, punk thing is verticality. Not uh, you're not trying to uh, break into somebody else's space. So just uh, exactly. That's a good way to say it. Ju- yes. Just pogo until you know better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, side to side. Nice. Move yourself. Yeah. Your arms are moving. There's a lot less. Um, Especially assault. if you're going from the f- yes, yes, that's a good way to put it. I- I'll leave it right there. There's a lot less assault. Um, uh, staying on that topic for one moment, how the hell can I survive the pits at Sound and Fury at 41 years old? Do I even attempt it? Um, yes. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yes. Hydrate. Hydrate um, and pick your spots. You want to go for a song? Go for a song. Starting to feel the pit. If you're on the, if you're into the more assault oriented side of hardcore. Assault core? Pick your spot. Yeah, yeah. Pick your pick your spots. Uh, I think God's hate could be considered assault core. Um, and you know, and your life is in danger, so it makes it more fun. Well, there you go. Enough said. But, but I mean, I think yeah, go for it. Maybe bring a camel back, like Milo from the Descendants wears <laughs> on his back. No, he does not. So you can just take a little. No, he does not. Oh no! Have you not? No, I have no. not seen that. So he, wear, you know, what a camel oh. back is, right? Oh yes. uh, yeah, I own one. Okay, everybody, back. You you have one, Patrick. Oh yeah, it was a uh, it was a gift uh, from uh, our uh, internet benefactor uh, for a birthday. Oh, that's so nice. All right, I mean it's a wonderful gift if you if, it's, it's, like. It's, I used to I, I use those for like hiking and stuff. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's a backpack but not water when, bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Yeah, it's an insulated backpack that's like there's like a bladder inside that you fill with water. Yep. And it has like this thing that like kind of it's like a straw that almost comes up to your mouth. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, there's been times I've seen him wear it under his shirt. Wow, that's weird. Wow, like mad Quasimodo style. Weird. That like a bunch of us were like, "Yo, what's going on with Milo's back? Like, does he have like spina bifida? Like, what the fuck's going on?" Mm-hmm. Then we realized it was that, and now he just wears it like on a sling, like right behind him. Wow. So he always has water on his person. Is, I mean, is the is the Camelback the uh, uh, granola whole foods version of a beer helmet. Yes. Uh, yes. Have I done life incorrectly where I thought you could just reach for a water bottle between songs? Am I like that guy is smarter than I am? So like, am I, is this, not, I mean, he's a doctor. That's what I'm saying. Is this, like, I'm imagining maybe I'm stupid. Maybe they don't like, they rip through fucking like 40 songs in a set. So maybe there's no time to like, okay. Yeah, that could be, you know, like Bill Stevenson's ready to go to the next one. What does Eddie Vedder do? Because I'm always I'm, I, I, there's a really good live from Australia. Maybe it's live on two legs, uh, a Pearl Jam set where they go for like two and a half hours, and he just is killing it the whole time. If I just do whatever he right does. now he, well, right now he definitely has like a nice like hydro flask. Mm. Yeah, you're right, totally right. You know what I mean? He's not using plastic bottles. He's trying to like limit his his carbon footprint. That's 100. percent Get on the yeah, get he, on yeah, the definitely. Yeah, Milo definitely wears. Next time you guys see him, if you see any oh, photos, look. And he once had it under like the he must have had a runner's one that he kept like under his shirt, but he looked like real weird. And then now he wears it like in a sling over his shoulder, and he like drinks in between songs. Okay, um, from the uh, 
41-year-old in the pit to the first show anxiety help. Someone is asking they're about to go to their first show. They have anxiety help. Go, go to it or play um, it. I think I think go to it. I think this is somebody who is listening to Ask Grind who's not like been ever to a show yet. Yep. Yep. From what it looks like if someone ever. Yep, first show ever. Um you gotta you. see it live. There's you almost no way there's no way to uh there is there should be trepidation. Um there should be some kind of like unknown. Um it is not like watching videos. It's different. It might be way cooler. It may be. It might be way weirder. It might be lame. There might be six people there. There might be six hundred. I don't know what you're going to. Um, go and take it in. Just go. There's no nothing stopping you. Really, go in if you're interested in this kind of wild, weird music. Um, you'll fit in where you fit in. Go for it. Just give it a shot. Yeah. Be careful. Be cognizant of where you are. Mm-hmm. It, it, it should be like if you're a mosher, if you want to maybe get involved, you should be able to kind of scope out the people you don't want to hit into, you know, and that's about it. If it's your first show, don't hit into anybody, period, in the story. Fair. <laughs> um, uh, report back. Let's. We, we want to hear back from you after your first show. Yeah, please. Um, okay. Let's see here. Oh, boy. Uh, let's do with the easier one before we get to the harder one. Uh, uh, gas station road trip food advice. Uh, this is tough. Just keep it a sunflower seed. So you, it's uh, anything else you're just harming yourself. Get Fritos once a week. Pistachio nuts uh, unshelled. Uh, it will change your life. Mm. They're so good and they so easy. So you just so drown them. Um, stay hydrated. Uh, in relativity, yeah, you got to make that Costco stop. Um, stay hydrated more than anything else. Stay hydrated. Stay away from get. Treat yourself a couple times, but if you, it's like uh, my same theory for traveling. If I'm getting on an airplane, uh, I don't do any sodas or sugary drinks or anything, and I don't do any kind of salty, greasy stuff because then I'm going to be on a plane for however long and. F- within a few hours you feel gross apply that same thing to being in a car you just feel gross after sitting still your body's not getting whatever you just put in out of it so only put good shit in okay Hmm. how to start a youth crew brand band in 2022 that anyone will care about asking for a friend don't have a have yeah. two hundred friends and be really fucking good. There's nothing else. Uh, be so energetic and powerful live that you're undeniable. That's the only way it's going to work. Yeah. Um, be willing. Yeah. In 2020. Go yeah, and be w- mindset right. Be willing yeah, to mindset. play. Be pl- willing to play with bands who are way outside of your lane because. Uh, that was that's always been the death of bands who want to go for a youth crew sound is trying to only play with other bands like that. It just doesn't work, right? And they don't exist. They do not exist anymore. All right. Um, how can I support local bands while generally being unable to attend most local shows? Well, that's a cool question. Uh, buy merch. Yeah, buy merch. Buy their stuff off their Bandcamp. Mm, mm. That's it. And when people people are like, "Wow, it's so weird that there's this guy that's always wearing 
you know, what's a ring light suicide. He's always wearing a ring light suicide shirt, but I've never seen him at the shows. How weird. Who cares? It's, like, it's, cares? it's whatever. It's whatever. Spread the word about bands that you like is ways to do it that you never even have to step hundred percent. Good, good way. Yes. Yeah, say their name aloud online. Um, when people ask for new music, do it. Um, this one, I think I'm, well, let's see. Am I qualified to answer this even a little bit? Not really. Um, because I believe the last, uh, no love interest of my life have I not met in real life first. So, guys, educate me and this person in the questions on how to slide into DMs. Fuck. In 2022, I'd, uh, I would yeah. not. <laughs> I would just not. But you were single not that long ago. It's been a few years. Um, did you slide or did did uh, did your current, did, did your wife slash, uh, uh, you know, uh, main girl partner <laughs> did she slide uh so she uh it depends on what your version of a slide is uh a mm. lot of people consider uh just responding to a story a slide with like if you hit somebody with an emoji on a on a story some people consider that a slide i really don't no. consider that a slide but no but bob here's the thing man here's the thing no people do it's a it's a some old, people do. I get it. I get it. Older person's perspective to not consider that a slide. Like, oh, I thought I was being friendly. Oh, now you're married. Yeah. So, so it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hit you with the hundred. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, precisely. Like right, I, see, I just tried to be nice. I was being supportive. Right, but then there's like, like, oh, like you know, like you got a boyfriend now. You, you're not handing out the hundreds. You know what I mean? Like it's all. Sorts oh, of, sure, sure, sure. Oh, the perception. Right. All sort of shit. So, you see, I don't think there's any. There's no um, like courageous like you're not being courageous by just hitting them with the moat an emoji. Listen, no, you're not, uh, I'm the, with the you. slide There's needs more that, energy. I think. Uh, listen, fellas, I agree. No, we're not. We know that people consider. Okay, we're just saying we we oh, would from my moral code. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, just yes. expect you to do more, like do more than that. But but as I said, I'm I'm wholly unqualified to answer this. So please continue. Uh, I mean, look, I. I've always been like a relatively direct dude in person. Like, like, Hey, you want to get a bagel or something? You know what I mean? Like lame shit. Mm -hmm. And and, and I'm like, and by the way, there's TikTok is teaching an entire generation of people that a bagel and a walk around the park is an insult. But I always thought that that was like, no way. It's rough out here. Like you can watch these TikToks about like, yo, everybody in our listenership, Go to uh, fifty fifty TikTok, which is mm. a community of women that are like, like basically it's like know your worth, like your time's worth something. Don't let the man waste your time. All these sentiments that are kind of like nice in principle, but amount to like calling men who like are like, like like if a dude's like, yeah, I don't know, I was thinking like maybe we could just go to the park and get an ice cream cone or something. That you call that dude a dusty. That dude's dusty wow. because because wow. he's he's not giving he's you, low effort. Yeah, it's low effort. He didn't pay for your Uber there, but like it, uh, the whole shit where it's like, I don't know. It's a first date. I don't even know if I like your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like everybody, I think it's a safe place to meet somebody. Yeah, yeah. It, thank you, Tom. I agree with that too. Which is like, oh hey, let's make everybody like straight up. When I was a single guy, I don't walk women back to their to their place until like we know each other. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. It, it's like that's a good that's a good code. Like, uh, and there's like a whole, you know, it, it, like basically what I'm saying is there's so many different pockets of people with so many different viewpoints that you basically, if you, my advice to you would not apply to a lot of people. And likewise, somebody else's advice, you kind of just got to be open, go in with an open heart. Maybe you find out you're ugly and nobody responds to your ass, but like mm-hmm. just, which is rough by the way, but like, just, just say to people like, you know, I personally, I would just be friendly, not flirtatious necessarily, but be active with that person. Not try not to yep. fall into the reply guy place, but also th- 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 I listen, a lot of our friends get hammered for being reply guys. I, yes. I personally, <laughs> I personally do not see anything wrong with being a reply guy in the respect that Patrick out here. I respect the reply guy culture. I do. It's Oof. like, yo, listen, if somebody like you can't say this shit and just throwing like a hundred lures in the ocean. No, listen, that's not good. But like when here's what I'll say. I th- you can't do this in an office environment anymore. You can't do the same. But like when people look nice, <laughs> Jesus when people look nice, <laughs> I tell them they look nice. Like I don't anymore because mm-hmm. I'm like a married dude and like there's a connotation, which I think is unfortunate. But like. Mm-hmm. Thanks, human resources. I can't even tell a woman she looks nice anymore at work. <laughs> Patrick just made himself sound like he's 64. Like, oh, I can't tell the nice looking way a woman no, if listen, she looks nice today listen, in the office. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to be sexual. I'm just because, yo, I mean, yo, I, I feel the same. I get it. It, like, it would be uh, if you throw it out there and go, look, if this was, if these stigmas weren't out there and it was okay, and it wasn't, and the creep dudes didn't make it fucking creepy. That's another, it was like, that's another hey, aspect. This person, this person looks nice today. I want to say, hey, you look really nice today. That feels nice to me to be able to say a nice thing to a person. However, yeah. there's so many layers on top of that that, yeah, it, it is unfortunate you can't do that. But but we we just got to um, back in my day porch corner. Okay, so. sure. But but let me just say that like that factors into like dropping into people's DMs too because if you just respond the way that I would respond, which is like hair looks great, that's like a genuine that I could be flirta- that yeah. could be flirtatious or that could be like oh hey like you that hair was a good choice. I but this is why I'm not qualified to give advice because somebody else would see that through a completely different lens where. If I tell somebody their hair looks nice, I meant that in, in a nice way. And if mm-hmm. if they are interested in me as a person, it opens a, a door, I guess. But like mm. the the, I just think that it's innocuous enough. It, I think it's innocuous as hell. Like I got to get myself out of the habit because uh, my girlfriend would not like it. But like if people have their nails mm. done, I want to be like like in person, not not on the internet, but in, in person. If somebody, <laughs> if like a, if some, if a cashier has her nails done, I want to go. Nails look nice because that's just, I thought, I thought that's why people did shit in life was to hear something, but somebody go, I have enough platonic female friends that I can sit. And there's some that like, I have to be friends with them. Like you actually have to be close and I feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel comfortable with that. And like, you know, Amanda clearly knows what I'm saying that I'm literally just being like that. I'm not like on some like shady shit. Um, but no, I, I get it. Uh, so Tom, get get us to the, the the heart of the matter. How to slide into DMs? How to slide into DMs? Jesus. Um, 
back in my day, like you get the secretary and you go, hey, you know what? I like you the way you, that sweater fits on you. Um, you tell the lady that she's very voluptuous like, and um, you just would like to take her out on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not really uh, much of a DM slider, to be honest with you. Um, I just think it's it's difficult. Um, I, I well, I there's one time that I definitely did, but I met the person in person first. Okay, sure, sure. Very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those. But it it, it, it was, it, yeah. Like I. I, I think I've told the story. I, remember what time we recorded in your truck and we were like, yeah. let's talk about like, there was some depressing question that I had like a very depressing answer to about a, a, okay. a former relationship. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Right. So this was one that I was just like friend of a friend. I saw her in a picture. I was like, Oh, that girl's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'll meet her one day. And then I happened to meet her at a lifetime show. Oh damn. All right. In Jersey. Shout right. Out. Before I moved, before I moved to Asbury mm. and, uh, um, mouthpiece, it was Lemoria mouthpiece. And, um, and uh lifetime and met her very briefly didn't get to say goodbye and then that was like my end to be like hey yeah it was good to meet you if you ever you know find your way in in brooklyn i'll be here you know like hit me up and then she did i mean i think there's a way to go about it don't send your fucking penis yeah don't do that one (laughs) um i mean i think that's pretty general i think that's across the board um i think you can you know if if you can if if it's someone you've never met before it, you can sense say something innocuous enough that could be like Pat was saying, like, you know, hey, well, I like your, you know, French manicure or whatever the fuck weird shit that Pat says to people. Um, <laughs> but like, if the person is, however that person receives it, is it kind of informs you how to how to proceed. Continue, yeah, no. I, 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 yo, it's it's twenty twenty two, and take uh, no for now. Yeah, oh, that's a big one. Uh, you you lead you lead easy um you try to be friendly responsive show an interest um they will show interest back or not or not and even if they show interest back it might just be in having a little conversation for four minutes uh avoid reply guy style behavior because what reply guy in the negative connotation look that doesn't mean the person who literally just replies like to a few years stories the reply guy behavior that's the bad thing is it's the equivalent of somebody being like, hey, what's going on? How are you? Hey, 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 hey. Like you, you like they're knocking on your door at all hours of the day. It's like, get the fuck out of here. That is the negative. So just if you right, feel like, like – Hey, hey, I noticed you're wearing a bathing suit. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. If you feel yourself doing that, uh, delete your account. Um or do a hard <laughs> reset. So, uh, yeah, uh, slide into DMs. Um, maybe we need a uh, younger or it's single science. person to really do it. Yeah, but yeah, it's one of those, even not doing it, you know. So we have a woman on, I would like for them, uh, their advice. Yeah, that's true. That's good. DM sliding is the most modern version of the odd internet courting that is just it's like a foreign body to me it's really weird um, it always has been though as someone like you grew up with the internet i grew up with the internet yeah like the fact that like i've known people i've dated people that like i've seen them interact with other human beings on the internet that i know and then when we're all in the same place oh, i'm oh, the only oh, person they both know in real life <laughs> yeah it's i think that's the fucking weirdest thing i'd be like oh this is so and so and they're like oh shit nice to meet you and i'm like you guys weren't friends 
<laughs> because oh, just, we, you comment on everybody's shit. Yeah, your e friends, right? It, it, it's the most foreign, weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I I'm I I agree, same spot, but I also don't want to decry it because I think for a lot of people, um, just speaking plainly, that's their lifeline. That's their way of communicating with anyone yeah, out there. Yeah, no, of course, so. of how do you um, find people? How do you go like, hey, you like vegan food? I like vegan food. Is that how it is? I mean, I, uh, yeah, I. Uh, um. All right. Uh, should I, there's only one of us truly qualified, but the other two can give the denotes. Should I go to grad school? Coming from a PhD, the answer is always no. Okay, so this person has a PhD and is saying don't do it. Tom, you've gone to grad school. Should people go to grad school? Um, I mean, I think really kind of depending whatever field you're in. Mm-hmm. I would say generally a college degree is probably more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in like finance and like you can get like or like more tech stuff. Like I don't think you need to have a fucking master's degree if you have, you know, a bachelor's in some kind of IT thing and then get certifications and stuff. Don't bother going to fucking grad school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's certain things like in like um like social work and mental health and and stuff of that nature or law you you, you can't do it without going further mm-hmm. but i think generally i would say like if you can get through college that's should be pretty sufficient for most people and it'll save you a lot of fucking money true cool um finding love in the hardcore scene all right either you got any comments on this no i don't relate to this shit at all i you just find it where you find it i i uh i understand wanting to have shared interests with people but uh at the same time you just trip into shit that's the way it goes uh my answer on this i you know as i guess uh you know my significant other's primary music interest is still hardcore basically uh but she not somebody who considers herself like part of a scene i'd say um i'll go right off what patrick said there your biggest trick to actually doing it is what are your interests outside of this it can't be the only thing you share can't be it's the only thing you share um and that's not to say that you can't grow into things together that totally can but um it's like all the other things I, 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 you know, we share hardcore with a a lot of people, a whole lot of people. Um, and it's really cool, but what else are you about, um, as individuals and then as together, uh, and life is long and that will determine whether your relationship is of substance or not. Sorry, (laughs) Tom, anything? No, I mean, I think, you know, it's nice to have a shared, like, va- foundation. Yep. Uh, but like you said, that can't be everything. Yep. Um, but it is helpful. No, sure. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a shared something, and if it happens, hardcore is just so outsized of, you know, like, it's like, oh, we both like horror movies. Like, that's cool. Yes. But, like, you can't base your whole relationship on, like, you, you go to fucking Halloween festivals. You know what I'm saying? But, like... <laughs> Hardcore, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think there's, but there's something too hardcore that that kind of informs your. There's your some idea, lifestyle you know, your, stuff and some ideology, your ideas think, about the yeah, world and sure. stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's I mean, a nice starting it's, place. It's a, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've dated civilians, I've dated hardcore girls. You know, like did pros and cons, and and but you know, trying to explain what you do to like a civilian, 
Yeah. yeah I mean, you look like. Oh, I had to like do that once uh, dating a woman um, who was older than me uh, and having to explain like my, the like, because at the time I was working at Revelation and uh, doing, you know, doing my own label and helping out with another and doing the festival and all this stuff and uh, trying to explain to her what I spent my time on became part like archaeology slash um, real exploratory conversation. It was cool. She was with it mostly, but there was definitely some like, well, all right, uh, that doesn't totally click, but I get it. That's fine. And, you know, people are into weird stuff. And I was like, that's right. People are into weird stuff. So, right. So you're like, (laughs) If you like, all right, so the better your band gets, the more people will look like they're fighting each other. And then to show their appreciation, they'll jump off of high places onto other people. Yeah, you, you don't know, want like to. Singing along is the only thing that makes sense to people. Yeah, you don't want to. If you're having to explain stuff like that, that's the only pullback. But I will say this, and I think, Tom, you said it too. If you're into hardcore, do not. Do not overlook the opportunity to meet people who are not into hardcore. I know a lot of people who ended up with someone who's total zero zero interest. I mean, we've got one on this this uh, recording right now. Uh, or like maybe it's point one percent interest, if that, and it can be totally cool. It's about all the other stuff. So, um, right. to me though, I couldn't date somebody that didn't have that music wasn't the center of their life. Yeah, it's a pretty big thing for you, for sure. You know what I mean? You love music. You don't don't have to do it. You don't have to be into hardcore, but like, you know, like if you could sit down and be like, so do you you like Coldplay? Like whatever. whatever I mean, you love music in a real way. Like it's not just hardcore. Like hardcore is obviously your center, but you love music. And like, so that's kind of part of it. Like, yo, I mean, think about this. And this is something we don't talk about a lot, but we've mentioned it previously we all know people who love hardcore, but don't love music. And that's kind of a weird place for me. I am like, Oh, that's weird. You know, um, you might have right, as right, much a problem right. with that. It's like, Oh, you like all the drama and scene shit, but you don't like the, you don't like music period. That's weird. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, do, do, these two kind of go together. Well, let's start with a fun one. Should I buy Ikea shit as a 38 year old modern look is cool, but I'm not trying to spend a thousand bucks on a bureau. Uh yeah, buy IKEA shit. It's yeah, fine. Anything wrong with that? No. It's easy enough to put together. It's well uh, well enough made. Yep. It looks nice. It looks clean. Do it. Yeah. Uh, do YouTube IKEA hacks and see how much crazy stuff people do with various IKEA um, kits. You can do some really cool stuff. Example: uh, I have a built-in uh, closet, uh, like shelving in a, a dressing room closet kind of thing that we just used IKEA kits that worked out really well. So it's a full built-in. It's nice. Um, it's cool. Uh, there are certain things I'd avoid, but largely a lot of it's good or good enough. Um, Patrick. Yes. Are you falling asleep? How to enter the scene as a non kid age 25 plus, uh, 30 plus unless people know you basement shows are going to feel weird for you. It's just a fact. Um, Going to hella local shit that's got fucking 10 people, going to feel a little weird. That's a fact. Uh, Going to larger shows, I mean, that's a large portion of who I see at larger shows. So fuck it. Show up uh, to start going to larger shows and then try going to smaller shows. I totally get it if somebody feels a little out of place 
if they've, you know, their, their, their temples are grain and they're entering somebody's basement through the, through their backyard in the back where people are huffing nitrous. I, I completely fucking get it, but like, I would feel weird. Yeah. Listen, like I, I've gone to shows where it's uh, basement shows where upstairs it's like people are cooking bacon directly on the eye of the stove while people are fucking huffing nitrous. And it, it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've probably which just this probably just isn't for someone, you know, it's, it's just probably not for me. And they probably see me as a weird dude at this point. And that's kind of sad, I guess if that, but you can always enjoy that music at your home. Um, so just go to larger shows. And if you've got a scene that uh, like a local scene that kind of, uh, uh, invites, uh, an older crowd or whatever, go to those two, you know, it's fine, but just, you know, just use good judgment. It's a simple thing. Hmm. Um, Tom, any advice uh, on that? No, I think uh, like maybe start big, yeah. pare it down a little bit, mm-hmm. let people know that you're not a narc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So don't be a narc. That's our, that's our big. I, I like that. Um, yeah. Start up down is a good way to to get into it. Best way to approach an old head. So I'm assuming this is someone younger. How do I approach an old head? Is is our listenership okay? <laughs> what is going on here? I don't understand I mean, these well, fucking asking questions. For advice, I get it, but I don't understand yeah, our questions. Like, like, yo, uh, what? Who's an old head? Because Bob asked me and he didn't like my answer. I think the other day. Who? What? Is what was your head? answer? I forget. I said God be fifty. You said someone like. 50 yeah so yeah and and uh, i mean you know here's the thing it's a sliding scale if you're in a young scene like a 25 year old seems like an old head you know yeah that might be true um okay so think about when you were 18 who were your old heads they weren't 50 year olds no they were 30 so who uh so who so okay how to approach an old head what are we talking about are we talking about being his pool boy or are we talking about fucking uh asking the question about let's the, let's give it let's give it the best possible where it's like how do i approach an older person in hardcore who i'd like to talk to get to know maybe hear cool stories from or get some music knowledge from oh i mean look like there's people that are cool and there's people that are dicks uh i've run into plenty of dicks in hardcore but I, as tom points out i've run into plenty more people that even if they're socially maladapted and maladjusted as fuck they are still nice people. They're still good people that you can talk to. And you're playing the averages with that. Some old guy you're going to talk to is a full on fucking prick. It doesn't mean that they all are just approach Mm -hmm. him and be like, like I had people uh, talk to me at the, at the uh, speed show the other day who, you know, were kind of on some like, Hey, I love X to grind. Here's you want to talk to me about some old guy shit. And Mm -hmm. yo, that's, that's totally cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how you do it. Like, people love to tell stories. Yeah. True. People love to be like, gather around children around the fire. And let me tell you about the time that I saw super touch. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. love that shit. Like, we were fucking, we passed down our history through stories. There, There's a 22 year old there right now that knows about, you know, what happened with fucking you know, whoever fucking Tommy Carroll and fucking Kirk, you know, Kirk Hammett in 1986. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we pet like it's it's oral traditions, oral history. Yeah. that passes our shit down. You know, I mean, I think you know, like Pat said, like it's just like in real life. You might talk to someone who's a complete fucking asshole, then you know, don't approach them again. But like, 
I think you can see, you know, like people will always have time. Like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, don't, ins- if some, if you see an old person, I mean, and this isn't general, but I mean, I think this is for, if you see them in the middle of a conversation, wait till the conversation ends. Also, you know, or like, you know, the, the, or if you can identify something that you're like, Hey, were you at such and such last week? Oh, Hey, you know, I'm Tom or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. Do you play bass and blah, 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 even if you know the answer? <laughs> sure. Just to break that ice. I think it's a way to do it, you know? I also think yeah, uh, you, you are, you're kind of not um, – you're under no obligation to try to get through somebody's fucking shell. But I'm just going to use an example from my own life. There's a dude in Albany who everybody – his job necessitated him being a dick. And he also hmm. was a dick. And, and like when people, people only had bad experiences with them. Like you could ask 500 Albany people and they would tell you, I've only had a negative experience with this guy. He only has treated me like shit. Um, and then I had to work alongside of him for three hours and mm-hmm. like directly next to him. And we had a n- normal human interaction after he warmed up a little bit. And that dude and I have been cool he's 10 years older than me been we've been cool for a long fucking time just like in the like what's up how you been sort of way that other yep. people that other people don't get because they never spent 3 hours with a dude it's not your obligation to spend 3 hours with a dude but it is just a reminder that sometimes people have these um you know and in hardcore we talk about people being a little uh socially awkward there's people that got barriers. It's not your job to get through them, but like it's just a reminder that even sometimes the dicks are uh, uh, underneath that uh, still somebody that you might want to know. Um, so just to keep thinking. And if they mind. are, yeah, uh, approach with curiosity, approach respectfully. And if they suck, hang up the phone. Don't worry about it. Uh, I've had plenty of people who have had great. I've, I've gotten on when I, especially when I was younger, I always uh, approached older folks with kind of a level of like, "Hey, this is cool," but I didn't ever want to overstep my bounds and get like, I never, I never was wacky waka waka to an older person, especially when you're an 18 year old who's curious about the shit that they were there for or whatever, whatever. Um. And you ask questions and you be respectful and it seems like they don't want to talk to you. Just chill, pull out. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't jump in their way every time. And I tell you, they'll, they'll appreciate it and they'll respect you. And, you know, by the way, for everyone who's out there who doesn't have the self-worth, somebody doesn't want to talk to you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That you probably shouldn't want to talk to them if they don't want to talk to you. And I'm not saying on something like, well, fuck them. But like in reality, Cool. Keep it moving. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry. Um, all right. Next question. This one's. Uh, all right. Is the hardcore scene a safe place for queer people? Seems it's filled with bros still. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I think. I mean, it's hard for us to right, say, really, yeah. but I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's improved. Yeah. In the last ten years, especially, I think I would like to think it seems to me as an outsider that it, it has improved leaps and bounds and how it was say in like the nineties. Yeah. I, I, anybody or that denies that, lots, I think is not paying attention. That's just a fact. Yeah. 
is it a safe place? Um, it's really tough. It's not a hundred percent. Um, no, which you'd like to say, Hey, let's strive for that. Um, well, you know, I had a good friend who used to say this about music. It can always be sicker. It can always be sicker. Um, And, and I think that's the way I'd say about this. It can always be better. Like we're still really in a society where we have a lot to work on. I think a lot of the language has gotten better wholesale, not perfect, not, not, not perfect. Um, I think a lot of the attitudes have been moving in the right direction, but there's still room to grow. Um, yeah. And presence in these spaces, uh, a lot of times doesn't come without its adversity and still dealing with people's ignorance. However, I would, I'll extend from myself personally, but also I think for a lot of people an appreciation to uh, queer folk to people who are of all different types who are presenting themselves in the hardcore space and really being present and uh, because it's creating a level where it's like, hey, this should be more normalized. This should be a safer place and it's worthy of the conversation. I think it's, it's uh, I can reduce it to a thing that I think everybody can understand. Is New York City a safe place for queer people? No. Well, the the answer broadly is yes, but you can find a neighborhood where it's not going to be. Sure. And that's just yeah. that's just is what it is. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with anything. Uh, in my view, hardcore is safe for queer people. Uh, does that mean that there's not places that you can still feel, be made to feel uncomfortable? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just it's a broad generalization based on observation. The thing about generalizations is that they don't say anything to individual circumstance, and that's just what it is. True. How do you go about addressing, confronting toxic people in a scene? Look, (laughs) we're going to sound fucking 150 on this one in a way that some of our audience is going to fucking love and some of our audience is going to fucking hate. And it, it's just, um, you gauge it. If somebody's really fucking out of line, I'm, I am not so, I'm not above somebody getting punched in the face. Um, I'm too old. I don't want to be punching anybody in the face myself, but I'm just live on planet earth. If somebody is really out of line, if somebody really is, is, uh, breaking the bounds of, of the social contract that is your scene, I don't think that's bad that somebody should get punched in the face. I also don't think it's bad to accept them back after they uh, change their behavior. Cause a lot of people need just yeah. one punch in the face. Uh, and that said, if we're talking about like, uh, like raping or any of that shit, like, you know, it's a different set of rules, uh, but I'm going to say that for the, just like this person is a toxic personality a, a douche that just brings down the vibe that can do nothing to the benefit of the group and they suck. Well, yeah, I think that that's a conversation, a repeated conversation. And then I think that in my personal view, not speaking for the other members of this podcast who have, who might have forward facing jobs. I think it is acceptable that adults occasionally punch other adults. There is, there is occasionally a reason. That's all I'll say on that matter. 
Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with punching somebody in the face if they need to. Yeah, not mad about it. I think it really like there's there's shades of gray to this fucking it's just in terms of a toxic person. If they're just bringing you down, and you don't like their energy. If you don't like if they're just on some bullshit. Uh, a real solid like, hey man, fuck you, fuck off, whatever. Yeah. T- totally worth it. Uh, really in your space or have done some nasty shit to your people? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, letting them know they're not welcome with that attitude. Totally acceptable. Um, if if you're asking on a purely like, how do you confront this person? How do you address it? Hmm. You know, it really, uh, geez, it, it varies. You know, if this is somebody who's done some truly foul shit, I really, I really think that um, it depends on what your goal is. Are you trying to vacate them from your space solely? Or are you trying to approach them about some really serious shit that they've done that you want to stop them from doing, you know? Um, and that's, that's where it takes it to a different place. And I mean, I, I think I can leave it there, but, but I, I think we often, there's real selective policing here, right? Um, because we're talking about, if you're talking about a toxic person in a scene, there have been plenty of toxic people who've been removed from hardcore who've gone on to cause damage in other places and other spaces. And you start to go, okay, is it, is it uh, a healthy way to interact with the world to say, hey, I don't want, not in my backyard, right? Isn't that kind of the, the energy on yeah, that when you pull it's, it out a little bit? It's kicking the can is all it is. Yes, correct. So, so think about what that means. If this is somebody who's done some like vile criminal level shit, uh, you know, uh, think think about what that means, and and you know, uh, but, cops but, being cops and all that. But but like, really, what is what is your goal with how this is? If you just want them out of your space, we've gone over those options. If you're actually trying to say, yo, this person's a danger to those around him, there's other options there too. Yeah, and and that's exactly right. Don't give in to melodrama. If somebody just yes. didn't fucking mail the records that they were supposed to mail, <laughs> yes, yes, that's different. <laughs> Than somebody who's <laughs> fucking drugging people's drinks. There's a difference. Yes. Y- yes. M- moderate, modulate yourself to the fucking moment. All right. Um, let's get onto some lighter shit. Uh, adjusting to life changing diagnosis. Oh man, Jesus, this is not adjusting to a life changing diagnosis and no more mosh. Okay. Advice. Um, man, that sucks. Especially if you like to be an active participant. Like I'm not like obviously life changing diagnosis. That sounds like heavy shit. Thoughts to you, best wishes, and hope you're healthy and well for yourself and those around you. Losing moshing, small potato. But let's not pretend that that potato doesn't matter to people. Being an active yeah. participant, that's fucking fun. It's great. Um, man, I don't know. Find a new way to capture that energy. Do something. Uh, whether that's physicality in another way, um, maybe not in a space where someone can injure you without knowing about uh, your diagnosis. Um, All right. Make a zine. Put some energy towards writing or photography if you enjoy it. Like there's, there's ways to be involved that doesn't put your, your kind of your safety at risk. Yeah, and just my, my advice is uh, don't get a pill problem. And I know that sounds like real stupid, but like people that lose their, this is like a, such a common thing that I've uh, watched people I know go through when you lose um, 
when you when you go through something that kind of limits you physically, a lot of people firstly are put on prescription drugs, but then there's also a, a natural, very natural depression that comes with uh, a loss of uh, of uh, uh, ability. And uh, just be careful. This is me who doesn't know you, I'm sure, but ju- just telling you, like, you got to watch yourself on that because it's a trap that a lot of people fall into. They'll get back pain, can't do the things that they enjoy in life. Also, put on prescription meds. Start abusing those prescription meds. Fucking fast forward. Life's a fucking nightmare. So just you know, just a, a sorry to add to your problems <laughs> with the seriousness, but just watch yourself. Should I buy a car or pay off debt? Uh, pay off debt. Pay off debt first. Yeah, pay off debt. Yeah, pay off debt. Pay off debt. Um, but but listen, cars cars can be a sinkhole on that debt. So they are, but but don't be a lunatic stuck in an old way of thinking that harms you. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's people who come from farm life and shit who think debt is the devil. Debt That's is correct. Debt is what you've got to do to have a life in 2022. You're not paying cash for everything, no matter who you are. The, 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 they're out of your reach now. You have to be a responsible adult and understand that carrying some debt is your modern world. Do not be a weirdo that limits yourself because you are afraid to carry debt. Don't do that. Trying to get a foothold in making art for bands slash flyers without being too social media involved. Tough. Yeah, unless you know people, tough. Go to shows, talk to a band, uh, do it by email after, say, hey, can I get your email? I just, I, I would like to do some art for you. It doesn't got to be an album cover. I know that's mm-hmm. like a real that's a real big deal, but I was just thinking like, I I love your band and I would just like to do like if you need a ad mat for a tour, if you need just local shows, you want me to do the flyers. I just uh, I think that it would fit and it would be a good thing. Simple thing. Maybe they give you an email and they and they respond. Maybe they give you an email and they blow you off. But like that's how you do it. Uh, yeah. apply, apply same advice to record labels, merch companies, uh, screen printing shops if you know they're intertwined with artists um and get yourself out there that way social media can really help you in this uh patrick has explained one of his primary uses for social media is finding new artists and i know there's a lot of people out there with that same mentality that said um yeah if you do those things it'll help push you into spaces doing things hopefully you want to do uh tom this one i want just your answer and you are the right. final judge, jury, and executioner. The HB strut. Is it in or is it out? The Huntington the, is this the Huntington Beach strut? Yeah, it's like the like I don't even know what that is. Oh, yo, it's like a low big think, swing. Yeah, I think this mosh well, like the circle jerks guy. The circle jerks illustration. Yeah, like two stepping basically. Yeah. But but like oh, very exaggerated arms saying. getting low. Yeah, the HB strut. Is it in or is it out right now? Um, I think it's starting to come back in. Okay, there we are. Uh, having a kid in like four months, kind of scared. Any advice? I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah probably going to be the only one who can. Uh, yeah. Um, look, there's you. You maybe are getting bombarded with advice. Uh, what I try to tell people who are expecting a child, um, 
is that it is one of the coolest things. Uh, if you're with the person that you're having a child with, I hope you are. Um, it is a very amazing, intimate, cool thing to experience. Uh, not just obviously the birth, but also the uh, having a, a, a child. Um, it is what you make of it. And there are no rules to it. There's just things that will be good. Um, oh, all right. You want the advice? Don't stop doing the things you do and don't stop loving the things you love. You just have a new number one priority. Um, and you should feel that in your guts. It'll just be kind of a new guiding uh, drive in your life. Um, enjoy enjoy it. it. It goes way faster than you think. Not to, not to get into a trope there at the end, but uh, it goes quick. Uh, it is scary. Changing diapers, not a big deal. Uh, all that stuff, feeding a kid, not a big deal. You get used to it. Um, four months after you have that child, all this stuff will be very rhythmic for you. So good luck. Let us know how it goes. All right. A few more, just a few. We're almost at the end here. Fights at shows, stand up for yourself or walk away and feel like a bitch. Depends. Can he kill you? Walk away. If he can't kill you, uh, take a few swings. I think you try to, I don't know if you have to walk away necessarily, but I think finding more peaceful resolution to what is most likely pit beef is more than, I think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of, uh, a lot of impact on whether you can have shows there anymore, whether this, you know what I mean? It's, it's a yeah. lot, than, lot more than that. Thing. The two people there. Something every hardcore kid has dealt with. Long distance relationships. Advice, guys. I mean, I, I'm a fucking expert. Think that? Yeah. Um, so my relationship uh, is very strong because I spoke to my girlfriend m- more than most married people interact. Uh, we spoke for uh, two hours a day minimum, uh, often three hours a day. Uh, we Those were pretty hard scheduled things because we were, we were 12 hours difference at times, 16 hours difference at other times. Uh, so yeah, those, those time differences fucking suck. Yeah. They're crazy. Um, but yeah, they really are. But I just think that, uh, having, <laughs> I think that just having, uh, uh you got to interact. Um, some people can tell you that they do totally good, not talking to their partner. I think that's true, but I think that often those are relationships who are those people live together, and if somebody goes away for a week, they need to only text. But I think that when you are in the beginnings of a relationship or you are long distance, for the early part of your relationship, you have to speak a lot. Um, that's my advice. Uh, I don't. My current girlfriend and I didn't really suffer the sort of jealousies that people have because we're, you know, at least I'm a little bit older and, and she's just not given to that type of shit. Uh, that stuff does come up for a lot of people. Um, I don't have real advice on that, except, uh, if somebody is constantly making you feel jealous, you could be the problem. Uh, or maybe that's not a good fit, you know? So that, uh, and beyond that, it's just like any other relationship. And if you're like young and horny, I understand that probably long distance relationships could be a real pill, but most of you got to be honest with yourselves. It's not like you're fucking killing it at home. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, be real with yourself. <laughs> like, I hear people right. people ask me, oh, man, you, you fucking you, you were good to your girl for two years while you're separated. It's like, what do you think? The offers are pouring in? Like, yeah, I had to – like, during COVID, I had to beat them away with a stick. No, it was like <laughs> – like, I was good to my girl because I wanted to be, but, like, most of you got to be honest. Like, the, it's not like a fucking – it's not a fuck fest out here for most of us, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the fuck circus, you might have a different story. And and while you're on this long distance <laughs> tip, anyway, so right. But for most of it, it's all it's all good. Just be honest with yourself. You're not missing like you're missing out on your partner's touch. You're not really missing out on human touch. Tom, long distance relationship I, advice. I, don't know, I haven't really done them. Maybe one mm-hmm. didn't work out that well. Um, um, yeah, I, mean, I think what Pat is saying, you know, like. Make sure you make time for the person. Go visit when you can, mm-hmm. um, and it'll be quick. It'll be clear pretty quickly whether or not it's worth changing um, your life for. True. Um, be fair to the other person. Uh, if you are trying to do the long distance thing and it isn't working, have that conversation sooner rather than later. Just, just be. It's like any relationship, um, but. It has more ins and outs. I, I like that idea. You know, you have to have a, a good amount of communication. Um, but I've seen it where somebody will be together and then distance takes one of them away. And that can make things hard. It's just not the same as being present, you know, and some people really need presence. Uh, yeah. So uh, best of luck. All right. Uh, I think we got two more and then we're closing the door on this old school throwback long ass axe to grind episode maybe a bit too late but how about getting over the fear of failure love the pod thanks guys well it's not getting over the fear of failure it's not too late (laughs) firstly that's some real failure ass attitude (laughs) that it's too late to get over a fear it's not too late Uh, it might have been in reference to to um (laughs) to when they uh when they sent the question so it's okay um, uh, here's the deal. Uh, st- when you're comparing yourself to others, don't just be the asshole that compares yourself to Elon Musk. Also compare yourself to the, the kid that, uh, died in a DUI accident from your high school. Uh, you're killing it by comparison and y- you are, uh, th- there is a pathway forward for you to do great things in life. Uh, and if you don't do great things, you can have a perfectly good life being mundane as fuck. It, it doesn't like, like stop killing yourself with comparison to the 1% of human beings when maybe you should compare yourself. Am I not in the bottom 20%? Did I not shake a baby and now I'm in fucking prison? Like, yo, that's, <laughs> it, it might be like, maybe I'm like setting a low bar, but I feel like people do this weirdo shit because like the Kardashians are on TV, sorry, dated reference, but like the Kardashians are on TV, like basically showing you what you could be. If you were beyond the 1%, you're literally a singular human being on this planet that has, that has opportunities and pursue those opportunities in unique ways that are not afforded to anyone else on the planet. So when you are comparing yourself to people who are living, who have multiple mansions, it's like, I don't think you should have low ambitions, but I also think you should be honest about the fact that it's like, you know, I, I just want like a really nice life. Why shouldn't I have that? Simple question to ask yourself. Why shouldn't I have that? There's people I know that are bigger shitheads than me that, that, that are doing that. And I'm also doing better than a lot of shitheads. 
let's keep the ball moving. Tom, how do you get over the fear of failure? I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know if the, the person asking is like, why aren't I a billionaire? Um, but I think, <laughs> I don't know. I think you just have to, it's scary, but once you, if you just have to kind of throw yourself out there and try it. And then you realize like, oh, really? You know what? It's not as big of a deal as I, as I built it up in my head to get, you know, turned down for a job, turned down for a date, turned right. down for a fucking whatever. Yep. It, you may, it's the, the, the impact is far less than you've made it feel like. I guarantee you, guarantee. To me, like failure is a wild concept. Um, you know, it's it's really we're talking about like failure is just either. It's like you're afraid of what doing something badly. <laughs> like it's to me, the real question is: Do you do something or don't do something? You know, um, even when you fail quote unquote at the thing you tried you tried um and the idea of not trying that's okay i'm not telling everybody you gotta go out there and try but but i bet your life will be more rewarding no matter what it is you're you're going for if you try things and uh failure is just a part of a process you know um throwing a bunch of athlete quotes here but but it's you know you miss every shot you don't take you you know, successful athletes are still like, <laughs> I, you know, I've talked about being a, helping out with youth basketball here and there. Yo, uh, there's kids, there's second graders. Oh, it breaks my heart who, who take a shot and miss and go, Oh, I'm the worst. I'm the worst basketball player. Oh, I'm like, you know, you watch like <laughs> watch a watch a Golden State Warriors. Are, yeah, go to a, <laughs> go watch a Golden State Warriors game and see how many shots Steph Curry misses every game. You know, the greatest shooter. You miss shots. You just got to go take the shot and have fun and enjoy what you're doing. So um, uh, the fear of failure is a terrible thing, but it's it's largely a you problem. And once you start realizing like, hey, that's a me problem, um, just fucking blow up those bricks, buddy. Um, blow up those bricks. All right. I, I think, guys, that's a good place to stop. Any Any other questions? Or advice you want to give to the the axe to grind listening audience in general? Be good to yourself. Be good to other people. Yeah, I got no advice for anybody. <laughs> Do for self. Come on, Do let's go. Self. What's up, axe to grind? This is Matt Ha from the um, Arlington, Northern Virginia area, uh, giving a pit report about two shows that happened over the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, here in the DC DMV area, uh, starting on Saturday, May 28th, was the record release show for Praise, Praise's record All in a Dream at the Metro Gallery in Baltimore. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, it was a five-band bill with uh, a collected list of bands. Um, the opening band was a DC hardcore band called Demand. Uh, pretty new. I know that they were they started playing music maybe like a year or two ago, um, and they put out a demo last year and then went up on streaming this year. Great demo. Um, band members have some pretty... Uh, Pretty, pretty interesting resumes. Um, member Trapped Under Ice plays, member of Firewalker, member of the band Guild Parade. Um, and just quick summary, I mean, they were a fantastic live act. Um, for a pretty new band, they sounded incredibly tight. Uh, instru- like, like the instruments sounded great. Ton of energy from the vocalist. Um, uh, it was, you know, just 
good hardcore. Uh, it, was, it was just really great. Um, please check out their demo. I think they have a lot of new stuff coming. They're playing more shows, so uh, shout out to Demand. Uh, next up on the show, the second band was uh, Anxious, uh, num- a band that is truly loved on this podcast um, and certainly deserving of that appreciation and love. Um, their record is fantastic, uh, Little Greenhouse, that also came out this year, and they played a lot of songs off that record, but the thing that I'll say is, is just that they brought a ton, a ton of energy, they got the crowd going, like, you know, people were just singing along to, you know, all the all the new hits, and then also, you know, they, they sprinkled in a couple old songs as well, and, you know, those got great reactions as well, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing them play just as a three-piece originally and now that it's a, like a full band with uh, Grady just on vocals instead of playing the guitar as well it just I think it allowed him to really realize his potential as a front man because he just went off so did everyone else but also the other thing I really will say about the the newest record and just overall is um, they're maturing a lot as songwriters um, and you know it's they're really you know being able to express themselves in a fuller way and I think that's really great and I really just hope that they continue to get as much appreciation as they've already been winning over so shout out to Anxious great performance great uh, they just you know fit the show very well in terms of just like how melodic they are how but still how energetic they are so really really love seeing them again after you know just uh, listening to the record just in, in my in my apartment but like now seeing it again in, in person was great uh, next up on the show uh, was uh, Glitterer, uh, Ned Russin from Title Fight Disengage, uh, playing, you know, some of the songs that he's been writing over the last, like, you know, couple years now. And I think uh, Glitter, I think, is a very interesting project in the sense that it really shows Ned's genuine prowess as a songwriter, uh, being able to write these, you know, rather short but distilled, yet very effective and even somewhat powerful songs that are, you know, really catchy. Um, very, very much expressive of just kind of what he's feeling. But uh, I think besides the fact that, you know, these are really good songs, um, it's also just, uh, at least if you see the live experience, the live version of Glitter, it really reminds you that, man, Ned, Ned is just a performer. Like, I remember when he used to just play with his MacBook and just like, just literally just sang in a room. Uh, even then, even though it seemed empty, it was never empty. He just brought it, you know, fully each and every time. And now that he's got a full band to back him, I mean, it's just so incredible to see him doing the thing that he was basically born to do. And, you know, the music's great. Uh, he played a new song as well that night. And it sounded cool. And I, it just made me more excited to, you know, anticipate, you know, maybe another EP or maybe another uh, third LP will come out because he's put out two incredible records over the last two years. So shout out Glitter, shout out Ned. Well, it was a great performance. Um, yeah, so they were they were fantastic. Uh, next up on the show was uh, Ceremony, um, a band that I probably was, uh, if I'm being honest, like not the most excited for. It's not that I don't like Ceremony, but they're just not exactly my cup of tea. But uh, going in with little expectations, uh, I left with thinking that they were probably one of the, the, the out of after praise they were they were hands down my favorite act of the night um two things about the performance the first is that um they clearly showed their level of experience and being arguably veterans of this the punk hardcore independent music scene and that uh they had such a diverse and eclectic set list like you know they have a very long discography and they were able to seamlessly meld in different songs from that various eras of the band and not make it seem weird or like awkward it was just they were playing songs off of like Roner Park 
like, you know, their arguably more aggressive punk stuff and seamlessly transitioning into some of their, like, very, very post-punk material from their last record or even the stuff from the current EP. Um, but it was natural, very seamless, and it was really cool to see how they were just being who they were, you know, showing that the mature development of their songwriting, their vision, the creative vision, um, is something that they're not afraid to hold back just to appeal to a crowd. It's like they're not just going to play like Rona Park from top to bottom just so that, you know, kids are like stage diving and going crazy, um, but they're able to still be true to who they are as creators. And regardless, the crowd reacted just, just, as, just as they wanted, you know, people went off for them. So it was really cool to see. And the second thing I would say is, is that, uh, this goes without saying is, but being veterans of the scene and being veterans as musicians, they just sounded so on point like in terms of just like everyone was locked in they knew what they were doing and like the band was basically moving as one direction whether it was the guitars the rhythm section of the bass and the drums and Ross on vocals like it was so cool to see um especially in a smaller space that the metro gallery was because it was a bit of a small it was a bit of a more intimate space than the typical bigger stage that i've seen them play on before so you know what it was great um yeah they were they were fantastic so true veterans of the scene and uh, it, was, it was awesome to see. So shout out to Ceremony. And if you don't know any of their, their material, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Um, but they are fantastic. So please check them out as well. Check out their new EP that came out this year. Um, I won't belabor more on that. Uh, but yeah, next up. And the final act of the night was uh, Praise uh, to close out as they were the headliners. Um, and they... That was one of the best sets I've seen in a long time. You've just... Uh, Praise is a band I truly love a lot, and they, you know, wear their influences so much on their sleeve of the that sort of DC melodic, like Discord sound that, you know, is loved by many. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes people may, you know, look down and say like, you know, it's it's it sounds too much of that era. But I think there's nothing wrong with that, and it sounds because they do such a good job with it. And I think this record, All in a Dream really ups the game for them in terms of just like the level of uh interesting dimensions to their songwriting as well as just being able to express themselves in the way that they want to and also one of the things that does stand out is uh andy norton the, the front man his vocals probably are the most realized in terms of like what, what potential he could have um out of all the releases that praise has had and i think one thing that could have helped with that is from interviews i've heard is uh brian mcturnan had a hand in helping him with that and i think that clearly sounds on the record and also the live performance because uh they sounded incredible live i mean one thing is is that praise is full of you know veterans of like the early aughts era hardcore in terms of the, the the resume that a lot of these members bring whether it's like playing in bands like mindset first step turnstile have heart have Heart free line of sight it's like they have such a crazy repertoire of background so it, it clearly comes off in the music um but besides that the reaction from the crowd was incredible. Like, at one point, it seemed like Andy was a conductor, and the the crowd was basically his orchestra. In the way that he was just making motions and using his, his singing and his words to just basically elicit a reaction, and that was just so awesome. Um, people were as soon as the first song for their title single, "All in a Dream," started, it just erupted. It went from you know pretty tame to all of a sudden people are diving, piling onto each other, singing along. And the energy just stayed that way for the whole 30 minutes set. Um, and it was awesome. Uh, one thing that I would have hoped for more is a, a bit of a longer set, even though 30 minutes, many would say is like, oh, it's plenty enough. But um, I, I was hoping that they play some of the older songs too. Um, but you know, they kept it, they kept it concise, they kept it brief, and uh, they just 
left you wanting more, which will get me going to their next show again. So, um, but overall, praise was absolutely incredible. Um, early in the year still, but I will say I'll, uh, my album of the year most likely will be All in a Dream. Has everything that I love about aggressive punk music. It's 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 got a personality, but it's melodic and it's very strong. But um, if you haven't checked out Praises All in the Dream that came out on Rev this year, please do so. Um, but yeah, that was night one of two of a back-to-back show weekend here in DC. Second show I went to was on Sunday, May 29th um, at the uh, at the 9:30 Club here in Washington DC uh, for the second installment of the Turnstile Love Connection tour. Uh, they Turnstile and their, their tour package played there on Thursday night before. I couldn't make it to that show because tickets sold out really early, <laughs> but I got to see them on Sunday. And a lot's been already said about these shows. Um, and I think everything that was said, you know, how incredible the crowd is and all that sort of stuff, uh, I, I, I'll just, yeah, I won't belabor too much on that, but I do agree with it 100%. I've never seen the 930 Club packed out that much with literally there was no space. I was watching it from upstairs uh, to, you know, have a little space from the huge crowd, but even then I couldn't escape it. Um, but that just kind of shows you the kind of mass appeal that Turnstile is starting to have, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, but anyways, uh, just a quick rundown of the bands. Uh, Truth Cult from Baltimore, D.C. area opened up. Uh, they're a band I truly love a lot, too. They have they, they really also capture in that uh, melodic, punk-driven, hardcore sound uh, that, you know, reminds you of bands like Give, Praise, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, like the DC era, Discord type bands, but uh, they, they also bring in a flair, uh, like a huge flair personality, which I do love. And they had a pretty good reaction from the crowd, and they hope that this tour gets them more exposure. They put out an LP, I believe, in 2020 that was really, really great on, on Popwick, so check that out as well. And they, I know they released a single earlier this year, so check that out. Uh, next up was one of my favorite bands in the scene currently right now, Kulu. Um, they, they, they absolutely destroyed it. I mean, I've seen them play... Each time I've seen them play now, they've played a bigger and bigger room each time, and this was the, probably the biggest, and it was, they, they clearly knew what they were doing. They had, every member of the band just had a clear command of not only their instrument, but just their role in the band, as well as in the show, just to really be able to take take ownership of that stage, and it was so cool to see. Um, and the song sounded so tight, very good, instrumentally, so on point and they're clearly disproving the fact that you know hardcore musicians can't play their instrument like that's an utter lie just because every one of those members are so talented and let's not take anything away from chris wilson the singer either because the the man has just incredible fiery personality in the way he presents presents himself vocally um just in his stage the stage presence and his attitude so it's awesome so at Kulu, Hands, hands down one of the standout performances of the whole weekend. So I love them. Check out their record on Screw My Head on Cash Only Records. Awesome, awesome stuff. So shout out to them. Um, next up was, uh, I believe, Ceremony? Yeah, it's for a second night in a row. Uh, Ceremony. Um, incredible. Again, uh, one thing that I will say that was different about them on the second night was uh, their set list was a bit more just leaning towards the their, their punk and hardcore catalog. Uh, they did play a couple songs from their later material, but I thought that was a bit interesting in that they were sticking to some of the older material in a, for a crowd that I felt would have been more open to the newer stuff. But regardless, uh, a grand, again, a fantastic set. You know, even on a bigger stage, they clearly knew how to 
take ownership of it. It was, you know, cool to see one night in a very small room, not in a very small room, but in a smaller room, and then the second night in a very big venue, such as the 930 Club. And then the other thing that really kind of wanted to say, just about briefly about the set that they had was, uh, before their last song, Ross, the singer, gave a really nice like speech about his impression of seeing what Turnstile has been doing, the message that the band is presenting, about acceptance and love being at the core of you know they're, they're they're just sort of being as a band and that needs that 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 being needs to be the sort of essence or purpose of what we do and not just punk and hardcore but just in with creativity with art and music and i think that was just such a nice way to frame the whole evening and just sort of help you appreciate why turnstile's growing success and the appeal that they are having is so important because Hardcore is about being different. Um, punk and hardcore is about being different and trying to say, you know, if the world's messed up, we're going to do something completely out of step with it to make sure that we have a better way of doing doing life. And I think because this world's so broken, so divided, it's so angry about just our differences, we can show that, you know, through music and culture, subculture, we can bring together, you know, ideas of acceptance and love that really needs to be shared, shared in this broken world. But anyways, I won't get too much on the touchy-feely stuff anymore but ceremony killed it and i just love that speech um yeah but before we get into turnstile uh citizen also played right after ceremony and uh ceremony i mean citizen were fantastic uh incredible musicians great songs but uh one thing that also really just stood out to me about their set was that uh their singer matt kirkus uh i remember listening to the first song and it thought something was up just because his voice sounded extremely strained and then right before they got into the second uh you know he let the crowd know just uh, that he was basically struggling to sing that night because of you know it was the last night of this very long tour and you know he's basically lost his voice at that point and he promised that you know he'd try his best and that but he like wanted to give the crowd that up like and knowing that i was just like blown away by how he still carried on a full set with that clear strain in the in his like you know in his in the way he was singing so um honestly shout out to matt he was incredible the whole band was incredible and uh if anything what he said got the crowd even more wild and they were just singing along even louder to help him out and i thought that was really cool so citizen was awesome uh yeah their the new record's really great um but yeah incredible performance from them and then so last but not least turnstile closed out the night and you know, one of the things that was said on this podcast about their performances over this tour was that you know, they're near spiritual experiences, and I think I agree with that 100%. Um, watching it from the the second floor, I not only saw how Turnstile was just had one of the coolest setups for the performance with the light show and all that sort of thing, and just how the band still moves incredibly, like doing those crazy jumps, getting the crowd like wild up, but also just seeing the crowd move all in one sort of motion, one movement, and just, you know, creating a space of just free expression. And I think that was incredibly powerful, just seeing everyone just moving, singing along, getting passionate, and like, you know, just celebrating Turnstile and the fact that they're they're doing what they're doing and just exposing so many new people to what independent punk and hardcore culture is like in a, in a very accessible way. Um, they played, the band played a you know, very strong list of songs, a lot off of obviously the new record, but also putting in stuff from the first LP, or the, the first few LPs, as well as stuff from the seven inch as well. So um, incredible performance, incredible musicians. Um, I was kind of worried that, you know, with the barricade at the show, it might, 
it might sort of dampen the mood, but that clearly was not the case. And if anything, the barricade actually did help because I couldn't imagine a crowd that big, you know, stage diving and like getting on there. So it was re- it definitely did protect a lot of people. So regardless, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And um, as they say in the song TLC, you know, I want to thank you for allowing me to be myself. Thank you, Turnstile, for doing what you're doing and being able to just share what you hope, what you as a band hope to allow people to creatively express themselves in a way. So um, that's, yeah, that's that's really it. Um, yeah, that was a great show, great way to end the weekend. But yeah, uh, hopefully there's more shows to share pit reports for. Sorry that this is so long, but uh, next time I'll check in again. Thanks, Axe to Grind. Thanks, Bob, Tom, and Patrick for everything you guys do. And I'll check you guys later. Peace.